Everybody, good evening, and welcome to this good special late edition of the podcast, The Muzzles Off. I'm your host, Nikia Monet, and we're gonna get right into it because we got a real good hot topic that's going on tonight. Okay, see, there go that ding. Uh, that wasn't me. See, we already start. We starting early. You know what? This what happens when you tell people to put their phones on do not disturb and they don't listen to you. But it's all right. We're gonna get it popping anyway. I am. I am talk, I am talking about you. Yes, I heard the ding. Do not it disturb. Wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was Dre. We already arguing. We couldn't even get along for two seconds. See how this works? Two seconds. Two seconds in, and we already arguing about dings and not putting phones on do not disturb. Y'all know how iPhone works. Oh, let me sit. Hold up, y'all. Sorry. I'll drink. I'll drink to that. That's why I had to make my good Patron Margarita with Grand Marnier because I knew I needed an ultimate to get through this tonight. Anyway, so welcome everybody, and let's get it started because we are really sitting here, and we are definitely going to talk about: Can you be a Christian and be polyamorous? Do y'all see the parts in my line? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, guys. What you were saying? Can you see? Because he over here dinging. That's why. It's okay. We're going to get over these dings because he don't want to put his phone on Do Not Disturb. You see that's how this Mel. works? That's not me. That's Mel. It's definitely not because I don't have an iPhone. He's doing Uber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I never did Uber. See? <laughs> you caught because you caught. <laughs> never did Uber. Hold the lip drop. So, for people who don't know, so uh, Dre and Jamel are actually cousins. So this this is gonna be a whole night full of uh, jokes on each other because this is what they do, and it's okay. But I know somebody better put their stuff on Do Not Disturb, so I don't keep hearing these dings in this playback. I'm just letting y'all know right now. Right, anyway, right now. 
Thank you. So, thank you. I don't even know who this is, but they on um, YouTube. They said, focus, Dre. Don't look at the parts of your head. Th thank you. Help him to regain his focus. Uh, mm -hmm. People need to regain their focus. Anyway, the question at hand truly is, can you be Christian and be polyamorous? And I'm going to throw it out there with the little curve, right? Because we're talking about polyamorous. But can you be Christian and be polyamorous? Can you be Christian and be polygamous? Can you be Christian and be a bigamous? We just don't throw it out there. Because all these things exist and y'all be Christians. So we're not going to sit up here and act like it don't exist. We're not going to act like it doesn't happen. We're not going to act like people don't live that lifestyle. Let's go. First of all, I don't even know who half of those people are, and I don't like talking about people behind their back. But um, I'm um, I'm monogamous. Please God, you better be, because <laughs> your neck would be off your your neck would be on that chopping block. Oh Jesus! I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let Dwayne and uh and Mel take this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna this one. <laughs> my man, smart man. Because I I told you he's a smart man. I'm gonna sit this one out. You can be monogamous, but you can have opinions. Can you be a Christian and be polyamorous? Shut up. Shut up, Jamel. I'm bringing this here. I'm waiting for Dwayne. Don't wait for Dwayne. Dwayne. Why are you waiting on me? I don't this was his topic, but he threw it on the muzzle, so therefore, here we are. Dre. See, this what happened. Let me right, tell y'all. So, 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 if we're talking, all right, so definitely old school, Old Testament, biblically, it was cool. Um, I haven't done much study, so I'm not going to act like I'm so well studied in the New Testament concerning this topic. Um, but I do know that when it comes to certain positions in the church, um, it's specific in saying you have to have one wife or whatever. But um, that's why I said I'm going to let the bishop and uh, my profound philosophizer cousin. Um, profound philosophizer. And, Hilarious. Handle this. Uh, I'm trying to stay con uh, controversial free in uh, 2021. The devil is a lie. There's no such thing as being a controversial free Christian pastor. <laughs> so, um, nah, but as far as biblically, um, the Old Testament does it, it does happen. It's been there. But like I said, I don't really know about the New Testament too much. So that's why I said I'm gonna I'm let my, my family over here do what they do. Uh Bishop. I knew he was going to you, Bishop. That's why I said Bishop. Because y'all know I'm paper Bible safe. I don't know about the folk. Okay. Yeah, I, think I, think I, gotta, I think I got a paper Bible. Come on. Be, everybody got to be paper Bible saved. I know, Jamel, you drive it. So you drive you drive in Bible saved at this point. See if one of, his passengers, one of his passengers probably has a paper Bible. Somebody, we paper Bible saved over here in holiness. Holiness says we got to be paper Bible saved. Bishop, All right. Come on. So, so since we're, since, since Dre copped out, um, well, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to call it what it is. He, he copped out. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm not afraid of it because I, I, I'm the one that sparked the, the topic on um, online and tag all y'all in it. That's how we ended up on the muzzle tonight. Um, for me, understanding scripture the way that I do, if the question is in polyamory, let's start there because that was the original question. Um, we have to first understand what polyamory is and what it is not. Mm-hmm. Even to some of the things that I saw people responding to on the post that I made earlier did not describe polyamory. They described cheating. It described other things. Polyamory is a relationship. It is a relationship between more than just two people. Mm-hmm. Poly meaning many, amory many. meaning love. Mm-hmm. Multiple love still within the confines of a relationship. So it is not someone who has the the carte blanche to go out and just do whatever, whatever. It's not swinging. It's not, you know, wife swapping. It's not any of those things. It is people, usually an odd number, who have chosen to be in a relationship, whether it's two guys and a girl, whether it's two girls and a guy, whatever it is, they have decided to be in a relationship with each other. And polyamory is not even an open relationship because an open relationship gives you the freedom and latitude to do whatever you want. So we have to understand what polyamory is. Special schoolers, what is it? Come on, okay. Hmm. So because polyamory is actually a relationship, we're not, we, we have to leave out our... We have to leave out our limited understanding of, you know, what this topic is. And so often people have many opinions on things that they don't fully understand. And I hate to see it. We find that a lot where it comes to so-called Christians or church people. We have a lot of opinions. About, and you saw that. Two, 150 comments on a status and half of the people commenting did not truly understand what polyamory was. So back to the original question, which was, can you have, be in a polyamorous relationship and be a Christian? Um, the answer to that question is yes, you can. Y'all now, that? Yes, you can. Okay. Does, does it work for you? Does it work within the confines and the dynamic of what you have decided for if the the bed is is undefiled for married people and they bring a third in as it's called in some sex is that a sin see we mess up because we try to equate the laws of a land with biblical law mm. so i saw some people say okay you can't do that because you can only marry one person ah 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 marriage in terms of the paperwork that you get at City Hall is a contract. So mm-hmm. from a legal standpoint, you can only marry one person mm-hmm. at a time. And that has more to do with economics, tax classifications, and things that I won't get into right now. What you do as far as your relationship is quite honestly up to you. Polyamory means that it is consented amongst all parties that we are in a relationship. It's not he's in a relationship with her and he's in another relationship with her. No, it's not she's in a relationship with him and then she's in another relationship with her. It's all three have mutually agreed to be in a committed relationship 
with each other. Can you so, repeat that part? So wait, so it's a legal orgy? No, and and again, this and this, and this is and this is the thing. And I realize you're being provocative, Drake. Thank you for doing that because that's just who you are. <laughs> but th but this is the problem. We're pushing our mindset to things that is are not included in what polyamory is, and we're saying and we're making blanket judgments when we don't understand. Polyamory actually has absolutely nothing to do with sex. Uh oh, I just got in trouble. You did. Then I don't I'm want just it. letting you know. The term polyamorous is about love between multiple people who share a love for the group. The whole group. It had the whole group. Mm -hmm. So it's not one person spending more time. Y'all know how this is not fellas having a threesome. Tell us. This is not ladies having a threesome. This is not that. It's beyond sex. Polyamory is an actual relationship that three people have decided to be in together. So they go out on dates as a three. They, if they live together, they handle chores as a three. What happened, Dre? Dre? What were you going to say? Pay, who's paying for all three? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I'm not in a polyamorous relationship, so I don't know. I know when I go out, they I, split. I'm usually paying. They split, they split the bill. <laughs> Maybe they do. But again, that is on them. That is their agreement. Get, hold on. Gail, you're going to have to explain um, solo poly. We don't know what that means. What? Huh? What? We'll let Gail what? explain that. Gail, explain solo poly. I don't. But ultimately, the answer to that question as far as far as polyamory goes, it is it is not it is not limited to our limited understanding side piece by consent. <laughs> Butler. That's what he said. Come on and say it, Butler. It, but even that, and while I appreciate that sentiment, even that's the wrong way to look at it. It is a mutual relation because it's not even a side piece. Because in polyamory, let's everybody get down with each other in that relationship. So in some cases, it takes a person who identifies as um, bi or, you know, one of the other terms that are used to be able for this to work. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to be limited in their scope. But again, what it is not, it is, it is not, it is not hiding what you're doing from your significant other. In fact, everybody knows what's going on. So let's go back. Solo polyamory means someone that has multiple intimate relationships with people, but has an independent or single lifestyle. So basically, those are the ones who profess their singleness and have multiple relationships with multiple different people, meaning that they don't need, it doesn't need to be mutual, mutually, uh, mutual consent amongst all parties. It means that this person can say, I am single, but I have intimate relationships with multiple people. And we all know people like that. 
I, we all know people like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I honestly, you know, by, 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 by that definition, I don't find that to be polyamory. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jamal. No, I was just going to say we, we know pastors and bishops like that. So I mean, <laughs> sure I mean, do. And here we know. go. <laughs> and so it starts. I think I think the church has become so um, stuck in the position of not thinking that the only answers that we give are the answers we've been programmed to give. Tell them, Jamel, and, about their programming. Go ahead. Okay. And, and the case is we've allowed ourselves to be told things without researching things. We don't research. We don't study. We don't look up. We don't go over. We don't. And I'm like, at, at what point do you realize that, you know, that you're, you're really not you're really not helping yourself or, or anybody else by being stuck in a position of of not having any knowledge. The scripture clearly lets us know that the people perish, not because of a devil, not because of, of, of sin, but the people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And the church literally has run into a place where most people have a lack of knowledge. The Bible says that the preached lips should keep knowledge. And most of these preachers don't know jack. And that's what we're dealing with today. You know, <clears throat> first and foremost, the bishop said it clearly. And, and it is true. Marriage is a contract. And like any contract, a contract can be revised. A contract can be have addendums. A contract can have things that are stricken from it. The contract is based upon the two or however many people decide to enter into it. That's what the contract is. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And and that's the number one thing. When we begin to, when we really start to understand what <clears throat> what a contract is, then we can understand that there is there is maneuverability. There's room to do other things. <clears throat> if me and my wife, I'm not married, but if me and, and, and my wife had decided, <clears throat> when I was married, if me and my wife had decided that we was going to, uh, that we wanted somebody else to be a part of this situation, and we would actually bring them into the relationship that that is that is a contract me and my wife have already agreed on things we have already settled in our hearts on things we have spoken about things we have not only spoken but we've come to a, a place of agreement so number two all throughout the old testament there is the whole thing is polyamorous <laughs> the whole thing no. David had many wives. Solomon had seven. He had three hundred wives, seven hundred concubines. Uh, 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 uh. You, you just go throughout the scripture. Moses, or not Moses. Uh, Abraham. He had Sarah, and he had had uh uh, uh the other Hagar. woman, in which he birthed Hagar, which he birthed Hagar. Ishmael. So I'm like, you know, we get so quick. Oh no. It's just, just if you don't know, just say it's okay to say you don't know, instead of making yourself look foolish and giving answers before you even research. Like research, look up something before you look like 
a fool. And most times, <laughs> Christians look like straight up fools because we don't. Why, wait, 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 Mel, Mel, why, why do they gotta look like fools? Because they don't agree with you. I didn't say that. I said because they don't research. That's, that's not. That's basically you only. You only Listen, that's not what I said. If you want to ask me a question, ask me a question about something I said. I didn't say that. that I didn't say because saying. they're not. I said because you're research. That isn't what he said. That's what he's saying. I know Mel's undertone. Come on, Dre, stop it. That, that, that's, that's not what Dre, he said. I just he told said, you what I said. He said that they have to... That, There's he no said that to... they answer without researching. I disagree with that. Because I've been on, show, I've been on shows... With, I've been on shows with Mel. Where, where they've given their evidence for their opinion. Dre, and... they're not giving evidence. Evidence is something that is backed up by proof. I just said that. If you don't have proof, it's not evidence. What are you I talking just, about? They have That's what I just you said. They're giving me, you said they're giving me their evidence. It's not evidence if it's not backed up by proof. By facts. I'm giving facts. I'm giving they facts. Giving facts too. You just be disagreeing. No, but no, they're not giving facts. They're giving opinions. You, opinions and facts are two different things. You can finish your point, though. I just wanted to say that. Opinions and facts are two different things. Facts Wait, are, it, are, are irrevocable and they are immutable. That's opinions, all I to say, on the other hand, opinions, on the other hand, are like buttholes. Everyone got one. I'm, I'm back on mute. <laughs> so You're I was like, at the end of the day, what I said was we what make ourselves look say? foolish when we don't do research, I don't know what my cousin was saying. I'm telling you what I'm saying. We make our we Christians make themselves look foolish when they do not research and they just blurt out and they just talk and they just put it out there. It's like that's not what that is. All right, but let's dial it back, right? That's not what it is. Let's dial it back though, right? So the majority of us have read, we have understood. That David was a whore. <laughs> okay. Right? I mean, this is what we're taught, right? Y'all get those memes that pop up. David was a whore. Solomon was a this. This one was a that. And why can't God use you, right? I'm just throwing this out there because this is what this is what we see. Oh, this right? is good. I see where this is going. Go ahead. Okay. So we get to the all of what David did. We know Solomon had many wives and how many other concubines. We know all of that. None of that is unprovable fact as it relates to the Bible. We know that. We've read it. We've seen, I mean, hell, we know, um, what's her name? Miss Girl. Uh, hold up. What's her name? Esther. She was in the harem. They she had was. to go. Yes, she, she was in the Bible. It's yep. in the Bible. See, she was one of many. Yep. One she of was many. not the only wife. Right. Okay. We we know what happened to Vashti. Okay. Mm -hmm. Culturally and physically in the Bible. All of this is written. Right. So we understand the cultural aspect of everything that you're saying, Jamal. This was in the good Old Testament. This was written. All that stuff. We know that. Any. Let me see. Those of us who actually do read the Bible. <laughs> you start. Some of y'all, 
Those of us who actually read it. Yeah. Just saying. Some of y'all read memes and think you know the Bible, but that's not what we're talking about. Anyway, however, what I'm saying. Hello. Wait, pause. Mm. Mm -hmm. Just saying. So (laughs) the question is, we know all of that. That has never been the biblical standard for the church. Mm. That wasn't the biblical standard for the church. Now I get it. And we can refute this all day. However, I get tired. See, because a lot of the times we like to use this, the Old Testament kings in the Bible. We like to use that as an excuse to do some of the most screwed up things that we do when truth be told, that honestly was a cultural aspect that was written into the word because that was what fit the culture at that time, right? So now what we're saying is, okay, because we, we, we get a lot of our good awakened brothers and sisters because they awake and they not sleep no more and the blinders is <laughs> up their eyes and they awoke to the whole good truth. And in the African culture, historically, right? It was more or less like a... Uh, polygamous lifestyle because they were actually married, right? So now we get into a series of thoughts which says, well, you know, we can have more than one wife. What? Who's to say that we can't? Culturally, this is part of our culture, right? When I study the Old Testament, I'm studying what was culturally sound, what is written. It never said that it was biblical. It said that this was a culture. So now when we think of polyamorous, is this our culture or is this the culture for you and your individuality? Because that's different. The culture as a whole or the culture for you as an individual person Listen, I got poly family members. Like I tell them, if it suits you, it suits you. I got poly friends. If that suits you, it doesn't suit Nakia. Nakia can't be in multiple romantic relationships with one person. I just can't do it. Nakia can't do it, right? That's a little too much. I ain't got time to be trying to remember all your quirks. And then I got to remember this (laughs) quirks. And then then you texting me talking about, well, I'll be at your house in five. That means I got to shoot this person out within three. I ain't got that type of time. You know what I'm saying? I can't do it. That's a little too much thought. And that's a little too much lying and covering that I got going on. I can't, I can't handle all of that. You know, but again, but but again, that's the misconception because true polyamory does not require anyone to deceive anyone else. It doesn't require it, but sometimes people out of respect of feelings do not tell the whole truth. Right. It has nothing. So some of this stuff is not necessarily about deception. The way I look at deception is a little different. I look at people that deceive as if you're trying to alter someone's reality. Deception alters the reality of of another person. So it's not that because you understand that both of you are operating inside and outside of your singleness. You understand that you are single. So you understand that there are confines within that singleness that might say I might not be available at this time. Right. Mm -hmm. But. At the same time, you then try to cover and shield and protect a person's actual feeling, whether they under like you can know that a person is with other people, but you can still want to protect their feelings, man or woman. It doesn't matter. Right. So it's not really deception. It's just about caring about a person enough to care about how they actually do feel 
and, 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 and securing that feeling, whatever that feeling is that they absolutely need. So my whole thing is we can talk about this biblically all day, right? We understand what the Kings was doing in the good old Testament. We understand that they had concubines. We understand that they did have multiple wives. We understand that, you know what I'm saying? David definitely was a whore. David definitely killed someone's husband in order to hide the fact that he cheated with that man's wife, right? Someone that was actually in his army. Like we understand all of that, but how does that play out today as a Christian? How does that work? How do you be polyamorous as a Christian? How does that work? I don't know, because I ain't poly, but I'm just saying how that work for all the poly what, Christians what, out there. What sex, how many sex, first of all, there are so many different sects of Christianity. It, it, it's like, when you say as a Christian, that, that means something to each sect, something different. Well, which sect we so, talk about? That that's the question. That, that on, has Bishop, to be the question. Bishop, which sect? Which Mel, I mean, Mel, touch on the touch on the sect that you know, like the one we all familiar with. We go the sect that I know. That everything is demonized. Everything. <laughs> okay. And while they demonize it, so they continue point. to do it behind closed doors. Everything. Valid point. Valid point. I agree because we no, know that's I a very valid point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for the first time, I agree with you. Go ahead. <laughs> that's, because, that's because we had a moment of clarity. We had a moment of clarity. Uh, we can end the show right there. They agreed. That's it. We, we done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. No, we um, got Mel and Dre to agree. To, to agree on something. <laughs> that, that actually happened. You know that, what? That, this, we must preserve I, this for posterity. No, no. I am really going to coin this moment. At what time? We are at 9.30. So we are 33 minutes in, and I am going to like chop and screw this so that we can like highlight So if, I, if I, we're going to deal with... Because yeah, go ahead, Dre. Niggas definitely be demonizing and be willing participants behind closed doors. Like, I don't, like, I don't get it. But at the same time, um, first of all, I didn't really understand your question. Are you referring to how we would take what King David did back then? And how would that be if we were to do that now? I separate the two, but other people don't. I don't, I don't. I don't consider David as an example for me. But I know a lot of people consider David as an example for them, which excuses them from their behavior. Well, for, for history's sake, beyond Dave, beyond kings, uh, if you had enough money, you could have as many wives as you wanted. That was yes. the cultural thing. So it wasn't just something that was exclusive of kings, but rich men who were just rich in town or maybe weren't rich, but just maybe well off enough that they could afford multiple people. Um, uh, Jacob wasn't a rich man. He worked for one one woman and ended up with two, <laughs> you know. And he ended up with a wife that he didn't even want. And even with that, there was there wait, was wait, a rivalry that, that took Jacob place, which I'm I, I want to get. What what you say, bro? Say that Jacob thing again. Jacob worked for one woman and ended up with two. He did. He, he hey. worked for one. He ended up with two. But he, he, was he, had a wife, he had a wife that he didn't even want. But he was tricked. I feel like Jacob was tricked into that. Oh, he absolutely was. But, 
but but notice, but he kept the wife. It's he not did. like he went back. It's not like he went back to Laban and said, "You deceived me. This contract is broken," which you could have done because they had an agreement. Laban actually broke the contract. Nah, he, he did. did a song, though. And, and nigga but, did. but because he did, because he wanted the one that he wanted, so he stayed the extra seven years and got the one that he wanted, and then still he still impregnated constantly the one that he didn't want. But right. so that's that's a horse of another color. Like there's so, there's so many things to unpack with this. People use the thought of Abraham. Listen. Sarah was on board with it. She gave Hagar to Abraham she until Hagar produced something uh, yeah. that Hag that Sarah could not. Yes, and then jealousy crept in. Right, and then so. the yo, real yo. her stood back up. That's so there, right. There's a lot of things to unpack, and that's why we have to be not so quick to demonize things that we don't understand. Because think about it, Sarah did it to please her husband. But in the end, she wasn't able to handle the ramifications of it. So someone who is going to indulge in this, you want to create your own culture, whatever. I don't have a problem with that. I am very big on not prohibiting things that the Bible does not explicitly prohibit. I agree. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm big on that. If the Bible doesn't say don't do it, I'm not going to infer that this shouldn't be done. Because the Bible is explicit about a lot of different things. And while the Bible isn't necessarily a living document, I'm going to get in trouble by saying that. You sure are. But while it is not necessarily a living document, there are certain truths that can be inferred. But where the Bible is silent, even where it comes to inference, like this particular topic, I don't have the right to draw an opinion and then craft scripture to make what I say law. Okay. And that's and what happens too often in the African-American church. Rather than doing the research and saying, hey, we just don't know, we'll put together an eisegetical topic. Go do your research on what I just said. Eisegetical. And, we will, and we will infer something someplace that doesn't really belong there. And this, is, and this is one of the reasons why I brought up this topic today online, because I did want to see how many so-called learned people were going to put their spin on something and try to make the Bible say something that it doesn't. Wait. And with that, hold up, wait, oh, hold your thought, hold your thought. We just got to do this one ad from our sponsor because we are sponsored, yep. we are sponsored show. And then Dre, don't forget your thought. No, I don't Come have back with I wanted him to answer his wife's question. Yeah, because we're going to get back to Charmaine's question right there. That's why I put it up there and I left it there. Okay, because Charmaine said it, and that's your wife, and I knew it was her. I just answered it. But yo, no, everything I just said just answered it. But go, let's go to the going. sponsor. We, we, sponsor. We got to, let's go to the let's sponsor. Do it. If you need an event space for the intimate wedding, birthday party, baby shower, game night, or sit and hate. Look no further. Gallery 603 in Union, New Jersey. The official sponsor for the Muzzle is Off podcast. Let us give a round of applause for Gallery 603. 
owned and operated by Jadoni Mercedes, who is our one of our official official sponsors. And like the ad said, if you need an event space, please contact myself, and I will definitely put you in contact with Jadoni um, in order to uh, rent out the event space gallery six hundred three in Union, New Jersey. Going back to the topic at hand, Charmaine said, "Oh." So now this is what God accepts just because the people want it. Bishop. Let me, when, let, me, well, let me say this. Let me say this. Just because your perspective of God may be limited doesn't mean that everybody else's perspective is. We 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 constantly we is 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 something that's funny that's done amongst us in the African American American church. Uh other places too. I think it's done everywhere. Let me not even say that it's done everywhere. But people paint God to be only as big as their opinion or big as their practice. God is bigger than your opinion and your, and your practice. You know, because at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is culture will always be stronger and bigger than religion ever is. A religion is formed based on the culture of the people. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we have to be careful that that even in the way we say certain things, like uh, like like, because if we say it in that way, we 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 put this. It's hard for people to speak openly about stuff and how they truly feel about things when we put this type of like just the way the statement was formed. There's a certain type of pressure that was oh so now this is the way. We, we put people in this pressure cooker. That's why most of these preachers and pastors and prophets and, and people who are saved, they, they fall. They fall because they don't really have nobody they can really talk to openly and honestly because they feel like they, they're going to be pushed into a corner or judged or, or, or they, it, it, we have to be careful the way we put our 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 thought out there because the whole purpose of this conversation I said I love having these conversations with audiences that have open minds that poor is so loud don't judge me man loud <laughs> Jamel Jamel saying some stuff and I was like you know what it's just time to pour. it's time for a drink right <laughs> You know, because, because let, me, let me say this. Let me say this why. Because I read Charmaine comment, which I put it back up there, and she said, "Hold up." And when I heard the "hold up," I was like, "I don't even know, sis, but I already know they hold up." <laughs> I know the whole hold up. Wait, is it, 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 Charmaine asking me if I am inferring that she is limited? Yeah, I love you, my brother. Yeah. Dwayne, so you, you are my brother. You are my brother. But I'm going to tell your wife, yes, you're limited. Yes. Sure. I'm not inferring. I'm telling. I'm. I'm certainly saying yes. You are very traditional, old school thinking when it comes to anything dealing with religion. Yes. Okay. I think it's important going back to the original question. Yeah, we got to go that. You, you know, because what 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 Jamel is saying, I, I agree with, and even taking it a step further, you know, at we have to understand that when we say 
when we ask questions like, oh, you know, so we just basically gloss over what God is saying. What is God saying? Okay, but what is God saying? And 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 that is just it. And like it's like I said earlier on, we cannot infer things where God is silent. But because is he, it, okay, but here's the question. Okay, let, let's do that. So is he silent. So let so using scripture. Yeah. As our as our basis of what we're talking about here. David was never vilified for having multiple wives, only exactly. for the fact that he had sex with Bathsheba, who was not his wife and belonged to another man. But did David's not the curse of David fall on his children. The, but David's curse was based on his adultery, mm -hmm. not on the amount of wives that he had. You're right. OK. Very true. So Solomon, another one that fell because of a woman, because he got with the Queen of Sheba, lost his mind for a second. Yeah, but again, it was his relationship with that one woman and how it took him away from God. Not the fact that he had 300 wives and 700 concubines. You're right. Jacob was tricked and lied into marrying a woman he did not want. But didn't God didn't say, okay, that's it. You just got to stick with this woman or divorce her. God allowed him to take the seven years longer, get the second wife, and then changed his name. Never made him give up a wife. So if I'm reading the Bible properly, and I'm just using those three examples, there are others, both in the Old and New Testament. But if we're using those examples then we're majoring in something that God is not majoring in. Does God hate infidelity? Yes. Cheating on your spouse is absolutely wrong. Adultery is wrong. Absolutely. But if we're defined, again, I would go back to the beginning of the show. I defined what polyamory is. And it's not even so much that I made the definition. This is the definition as according to Webster's Dictionary. The what? definition of polyamory says that everybody is engaged in this relationship and they are mutually consenting. This is not even what you described earlier, Kia, about being single and then you got to shoo this one out. No, it's it's not singleness if we're doing polyamory according to what the definition is. So we find this idea of bringing... It depends though, Bishop. Well, it's different forms of poly. There, there, oh. there are different forms of poly, but I'm, I'm speaking of, of the, of the, of this, the, the literal traditional. Okay, this is a relationship, and everyone is in agreement. Okay. And if we're talking, you, what and you're if not we're talking, talking about is this new, this new wave. No, because no. they got, and, and, they, they literally have different classifications. That's why even when Gail said it, she was like, "No, they're still consent." Every, every polyamorous relationship does not mean that a person has to have consent of the other person or even therefore the real knowledge of what's really going everything is different so and, but but there, therein lies the but therein lies the problem we live yeah. in a culture now that continues to add on to things that have yeah. already been defined in order to create a box that they can fit in because of what they want to do and that's part of the problem it is to answer, my, to answer my brother Overseer Jordan's question that's on there, are we saying that the lifestyle is the intent for God? No! I'm saying that it works for who it works for. And it does. Because again, 
if if we if we I'm I'm saying that it is a personal choice. And it has never been my job or the church's job to police anybody's bedroom. You can't tell the church that. Oh, I'm going to tell the church that. They've been policing bedrooms. And, and therein lies the problem. And this is why we can't have these honest conversations in the church. But yet our pastors will sneak off and DM and be other places and do other things that they have to hide when the reality of the situation. And listen. Total transparency. I know what it's like to be that guy. Can I be real? Be real. Uh, but when you reach a point of maturity and you recognize that there is a better way, look, it wasn't man that got me to that point. It was God. And it took me opening up my mind so that I don't have to do the things that I did in the past anymore. Mm -hmm. That's maturity. The church doesn't want to mature. And therein lies the problem of why we're stuck with 75% of failed marriages. This is why we're stuck with all of these issues that we've got. This is why people like, like Larry Reed and Obnoxious continue to have platforms. I mean, if, let me say this. And this is what I truly And again, I'm not against either one of them. Because, hey, they want to report it, they got to report it. There, 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 is, there, there is an audience for it. Wait, 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 wait. When does you know what? That's another show fun. <laughs> nah, bro, ask your question, bro. Nah, that's let's another, get it. That's what that's we're here for. Show, that's another topic for another show. Well, when does what? So we can know what the topic is for the other show <laughs> for the next show, right? Because yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how does gossip and Christian go together? Is it gossip? No, yes, no, no. Oh, it's Bishop. Is it gossip? It's, it's gossip. It's what, what makes it gossip? Messy. What what's, makes it gossip? Wait, what's gossip? We're in scripture. Like I said, we'll talk. It's another topic. You're right. Nah, we unpack stuff today. Let's do it. A, yeah, because here's what I'm saying. It's another I'm, topic because my issue is I don't I don't have an issue with calling stuff out. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't I don't have an issue with someone being pressed for being wrong. Mm -hmm. I have an issue with what makes you think that going on social media, telling somebody how bad somebody else is, where is that scriptural? Because the Bible says, if you have an order, you go to him. It doesn't say you go to him and bring 50,000 followers. I mean, it says a lot. There's there's steps to that. What that, steps? Biblically, you what you steps you want you want to you want to know what the the Christian gossip blogs are about? Good business, because That's I can point. now yeah. I can I can monetize now the fact that the people that I cater to want this information because these conversations that are not happening on these social media sites are the same conversation. I'm not saying it's right, Drake. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm just trying to help you understand why this is the way it is. And I don't think that it's right. But these conversations that are happening on these social media sites happen in USA Diner. They used to happen in the Floridian. They used to have, they, 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 they happen over at Lindenwood in New York. They happen in whatever the favorite diner is down where the kids in Jersey. They, I'm sure some of them happen at wherever the hot spots are here down in, in Richmond near where I live. Because the reality is people love tea. 
Let me just take a step Especially back. Especially right? us Jamaicans, but we like but the let me take a, kind of tea. So like the kind of tea y'all niggas like. But let me take like a step back. Peppermint. Because everybody knows that I went on Larry. I hate tea. you. I hate you. Because he's stupid. He said he like peppermint, herbal, and ginger. Yeah, we don't you make it, We like the real tea, not the kind of tea y'all like. First of all, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You see how he tried to put on that whole accent? And he really did. He really he tried did. To be, I hope everybody heard that he tried to put in that real accent and tried to be real Jamaican really in that moment. He really did. I don't care if we drink green tea. You, know, you don't drink the peppermint. Whatever. Okay? But let me just say this. Everybody knows that I went on Larry Reed. Right? That's not a secret. That is very well known. I didn't Back know. In, I just found well, out. you know now. 2019. Ray is I full did. of crap. <laughs> right? Now, here's the thing. I think there is a very big difference between gossip and letting truth be told. Because the truth of the matter is, a lot of people, their truth will never be told when they don't be public about what actually did happen to them. And yeah. I think Pause, I don't let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this because I'm gonna really give you a good pause and I'm gonna tell you this from the bottom of my heart. I don't give a fuck what's not in scripture. Oh my god, no, no, and I'm being very real, right? And the reason why I'm saying that is for this simple fact you cannot take away someone's real life experience and tell them that they are regulated to a scripture because scripture doesn't say that you can call a person out on what they actually and personally did to you right, I so my question was but, but, but I was wait but scripture doesn't say that you can call a person but hold up but understand what i'm saying because scripture does say if you it bring does a, it does say if you bring it directly to the person and they don't receive pause dre because you sit over here trying to act like what we're doing oh. is wrong no because it's not wrong there's a lot of things that go wrong in the church that people are scared to talk about because of this type of stigma that we place on people that actually come out and open up their mouth i have the muzzlers of podcast because i refuse to allow anybody to be muzzled by people telling them you can't tell what happened to you no, when not, i come no, no, left no, no. all what i'm saying what just understand but understand what i'm saying though because what, what we're saying is we're in scripture to just say that you could do this and then we like that's to call it you, gossip no see this is what y'all do y'all take you take don't you be take telling me what y'all do you take a piece of what's said and you flip it, and that's not what I said. I never what said I wasn't supposed to say anything. What you that's said, not Dre? What, I said. what you said? What I said. I Tell me what you said. said. I never said you was wrong for telling mm -hmm. your story. What you said? That's not what I said. What I said was, mm -hmm. where does Christian and gossip make sense? Is it gossip or is it truth? Because to me, gossip is riddled in a bunch of he say, she say. Gossip is, is not riddled in the actual truthful story. Where's gossip? Gossip is he say, she say. Here's where's gossip. What's gossip? Now, me personally, if I got an issue with somebody, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to bring a witness, one, two, or whatever. And guess what? Me and that person going to deal with it. I'm not going nowhere where I just give my side of the story. I'm going to make mm -hmm. sure that if I'm going to bring it to the forefront, it's me and whoever I got an issue with. Listen, the way, nigga had the right to give his whole good side, but he chose not to because he knew his side was a lot. Go ahead. I'm just saying. But my thing is, if I'm going to someone like a Larry Reed and I'm sitting there saying, yo, this is what happened to me. You need to expose, you need to expose this person. To me, that's wrong. 
But that, that's not what happened. That's though. not what happened. I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about in general. No, but I'm talking about in general. That's not what happened. Yeah, that, like, that's not the way he does things. It's not, not though. We have a very warped sense of what the Larrys and the conscious and the whoever the hell else do out there. That's really and truly, honestly, not what happens, right? They actually give a platform for people to say, if this happened to you, I can only speak for Larry. I was only on Larry's platform, right? And he says, show me the proof of what you're saying. He doesn't put out anything to where you cannot back it up with actual facts. For me personally, and he right? will reach out to the other party and give them an opportunity. And and Andre, because and he definitely what is, did. What is but what is the point? Is the point to expose the person, or is the point some for some type of deliverance or restoration? No, the point is for all things, right? Because at the end of the day, the only way how you're going to be, you're, the only way how you're actually going to receive deliverance and restoration is if it's exposed. But understand what I'm saying. I'm dealing with a person. Try not to use the N word. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No N word. No N word. Try not to use the N word. I'm dealing with a person That's that completely word. You can say that completely lacks accountability. Right? There's no accountability. There's no acknowledgement of actual truth. There's no acknowledgement of actual facts. So now you're dealing with a person that is actually a habitual liar, a pathological liar, one who does not stand, live, or be in any form of truth. So you can offer that person as much as you want. And what does that person do? The person just flips it and twists it, right? And that's what happens. And, and guess what? And that's they right. Anybody could do that, right? But then when you, I can only speak for myself within my own personal situation. I handled this shit privately. I went to the bishop that made him a bishop. I went to everybody privately and dumb niggas looked me in my face and said, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I waited an entire year happened. for nothing to happen. For these niggas to keep lying to me, to keep feeding me. Niggas trying to get me to join their ministries. Like, let's, if we're going to talk about real shit, let's talk about what really happened. Because y'all wanted me to join your ministries. Y'all wanted me to keep preaching. Y'all wanted me to keep prophesying. Y'all wanted me to keep praying and all this stuff. And telling me all this stuff that I needed to do. But no one wanted to address the fact. The person that made that nigga a bishop told me, I'm sending a letter today, a letter today, and I'm gonna make it public, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna and did nothing. Absolutely nothing. So for Nakia, I sat. I just sat because I wasn't really gonna do nothing. I was gonna stay quiet. I was going to stay humble. I was going to stay meek and mild and say, let the Lord fight my battle. I was going to do all the things that we tell people in the church to do. I was going to keep my muzzle on. And I said, you know what? I'm over it. I'm going to write a book. And you know what? And because I wrote a book, yeah, now I'll go on Larry Reed. And you know what? Because didn't nobody want to listen. Everybody wanted to blame me. Everybody wanted to point a finger at me. These people told me I was less than a woman. They told me I was never anointed. They told me that's what I wow. get, that's what I deserve. I deserve all that happened to me. I deserve my head being put through a car window. I deserve having a miscarriage by a broke ass nigga. I deserve everything that happened to me. I deserved it. Breathe again, breathe, breathe, breathe. I got something for everybody of what, of what I deserved.
because what I deserved was a whole lot more than what I was given. So I deserved a polyamorous relationship. I deserved a bigamous relationship. I deserved a person that could not even put God first. I deserved it. This is what we're telling people. At the end of the day, when we talk about polyamory, we're talking about something that a person willingly goes into, not a right. person that is blindsided into that. Right. It's different if I willingly went into anything. It's different if a woman willingly goes into anything. It's different if a man willingly goes into anything. But it's something different when a person goes into something or is into something unbeknownst to them. Like that's different. And yeah, guess what? And if exposure happens, deal with it. Deal with whatever comes. That's why I wrote the book, The Secret Wives. Cause you know what? Bigamy needs to stop and bigamy happens in the church and we don't want to talk about it. A lot of these people go on the Larry Reeves and the conscious and obnoxious. I don't even know if he's still around. And that other one, I don't remember. Yeah, he's, he's still around. around. Yeah, he's still around. But a lot of people go on there because there's so many things that don't get discussed. And people are tired. They are tired from what's happening to them. They are tired from, you know what? You learn, Bishop, you said it. You were like, well, what if the pastor? People get tired of hearing about the pastor having whole separate affairs on their wife in the church. People get tired. Pastor, if you want to be poly, you want to be polygamous, do that. But at least be real with us and tell us who you are. Because a lot of this that's happening, people are not being honest with who they are. Like, you know what I'm saying? You'll get people that, that literally commit adultery. Yo, tell your spouse who you are. Because let your spouse have a, a choice to make to say, do I want to deal with you and you're cheating self? Do I want to <laughs> be? You know what I'm saying? And I think what people fail to realize is deception comes from removing a choice. Because you're removing yes. someone's choice. And then you begin to alter their reality and you begin to shape their life. You can't shape people's lives based on the lies you want to live. I don't believe in none of that. I How don't do I see. And then you just, you, so you just, you just said something. First of all, I don't believe in poly Pokemon relationships anyway. Did you say poly Pokemon relationships? But, um, why, but Jesus? You, but why. you, you, you said, you said something and, um, what I, what I don't like is, is because there's a lot of times where we see first ladies on Larry Reed too. And, and I look at the comments and you know what the comments be? Oh, well, you never knew what he was doing to her to make her cheat. That obviously he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. So uh -oh. that's why, like, oh, in another I direction. Feel, like, I just be feeling like it'd be like a double standard. Like if you're going to come hard at the nigga then you come hard at the chick too. Keep that. <laughs> See how quiet she got? That's what I'm talking about. No, no. Well, I, I'm actually, let, you know what? I was, but. It's a, poly Pokemon, it. it's a poly Pokemon spirit. I was laughing at Danielle comment with the poly Pokemon Derek Jackson, really. That's what I was laughing at. Ah, ah, poly Pokemon <laughs> Derek Jackson. No, hilarious. No, first of all. I, oh, yo, me and me and Dwayne used to talk about this dude all, yo, all the time. All the time. I always said something mm -hmm. ain't right with homie. Like, yeah, we always said that. Yep. Something is something ain't something ain't right with him. He told him too much. That he, came he, out. he did. He, he didn't feel authentic. Yeah, like something. He, like, he didn't something feel like, authentic. Nah, nah, my nigga. Nah. You and and you look like you still shop at Baby Gap. Nah. <laughs> nah. I'm good. I'm good. You look like really? your, your son's sweaters. We shop at Baby Gap. Baby Gap. Baby Gap. Man, that may be out here looking like I mean, he was a little swole, you know. 
That's swole. Y'all see my muscles? Nope. They mad because people expose them. They want you to be silent and suffer while they cheat and you screw. You know what, Charmaine? Me and Charmaine and Charmaine's his girlfriends. I don't care what y'all say. I disagree with I don't think I want y'all to be friends. You know what? You know what? You know what? To me, you ain't got no choice. To me, it's not just about it's it's not just about cheating. Like I just I hate exposure. Period. Like I just feel like if me and you can handle whatever we need to handle behind closed doors, we could do that. And I'm not talking about just in a relationship. No, no, well, Dre. I'm what you're about, saying is I'm absolutely is absolutely I'm true. In friendships. I'm talking like I hate because we're not friends no more. Now all of a sudden you want to tell every secret that I told you. See, I don't know what that. That that ain't what I'm talking about. That's no, but that, but that's a part right. of exposure. It's not the exposure has it really has nothing to do with you telling all the secrets that I told you and stuff like that. That that really is not exposure. That's called messy. Yeah, that's mess. That's, that's mess messy. Exposure. That's messy. Not, exposure has nothing to do with secrets. Yo, exposure has everything yo, to do with truth. Only person you got exposed me to my leader. Whatever, 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 whatever. But whatever but look at what Kia says. She did all of that. Oh, I no, did. No, 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 no. And I'm nothing not, no, no, no. happened. That's the thing. Now you I'm had an integral leader. I'm not talking about Nakia's situation. Nakia made that personal. I, I I already know that. I can only make it personal. Uh, I always I know the ins and outs of her situation. I'm not talking about her. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, no. I I understand that. I'm just using her as the example because what what you said, I I, I get what you're saying. Expose me to my leader, but and not just truth. Nakia. How often does the person go to the leader with this, and then the leader never does anything about it? Not even so much as has a conversation with the other person, but tells you to be quiet. You know, you know what? I think let let me let me take let me do this pivot so we can okay. truly understand. <laughs> He over here playing um, basketball. No, he, he, over there, he over there Googling stuff so he could come back and sound smart. Don't come for Janelle, Dre. Dre, Dre knows Dre know intelligence in the family, so. <laughs> Yo, this is great. This is really good. What I want to say is that a lot of times, if we would be open enough to have these conversations for real, without fear of judgment. People aren't yes. afraid of God. They're afraid of other Christians. They're afraid yes. of the judgment and, 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 and the blackballing and the blacklisting that they'll get from other Christians, not God. People aren't afraid of God. So if we would have these open conversations, what could really happen is that people probably wouldn't end up in situations like this. People will probably, a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people probably would not end up in these situations because they actually have the security in knowing I'm not going to be judged. I'm not going to be hated. I'm not going to be blackballed or blacklisted to actually have this conversation with you and, and let you know how I feel. Of course, you will have others who continue to do it because they want what they want and they'll, want, and they'll get it by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. But those are the people that you have to look out for. And and when, you know, like I said, pivoting back to this is the fact that when we talk about polyamory, when we talk about polyandry, when we talk about polygamy, bigamy, all of these things, if we would just come to the table with open minds, 
right. know, we, we, we talk about God being an infinite God, but how can he be? A, why would he be an infinite God and then give us such a closed mind? Then you oh, could never understand. Then you could never have. You couldn't even. You couldn't even have conversations with with him about other people and other cultures and other things because you're so closed minded. And and what we have to realize is that we got to know that it may not be good for me. Poly polygamy may not be good for you. Polyamory may not be good for you. Right. But you are sovereign over yourself. When you begin to make blatant statements over and speaking for so many millions of people, you delude yourself because you find yourself to be you, you find yourself in a place of arrogance where you need to sit down and shut up. Don't tell the people to sit down and shut up. Hey, you just no, cursed at the people, so you can't say you should. If you find yourself in the place where you think you're strong enough to speak for millions of people, you need to shut up because you can't even speak for yourself. You can't, even handle you can't even handle your own wife or husband. You can't even handle your own situation. But all of a sudden, you got so much revelation about That's everybody right. else and everything else. No, shut up. Work on, work out your own soul salvation in fear and trembling. You know what? That's, that's real traditional of you. Go ahead. That's the problem. It's like, yo, in, in scripture, you know, I'm like, yo, in, in culture, like, you know, we, we spoke about the cultural aspects, African cultures, not just African cultures, even a lot of these European cultures. It, it, it polyamory was, was a big thing and still is, still is. The thing is, if it's not for you, then it's not for you. Don't worry about the next man's relationship with God. Pray for them. Don't worry about how how they should respond and how they should act. You should do this. And God didn't call us. You don't know that. Shut up. God didn't call you. <laughs> God ain't called me to pound nothing. He ain't call me for pounding. He ain't call me for pounding. Bigger. And that is absolutely fine. He but, but I believe by, by in the ministry token, that he called others to. They by that same that token, recently. we're not going to demonize anybody else who no. may feel that this is good for them. Right. I'm, I'm just right. I'm just not going to do it. Polly, let me say this. Polly is okay with who it works for. Who it works exactly. for. And the truth of the matter is, most people speaking about polyamory have never been in a polyamorous relationship, so don't know they don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're, they're not even open minded enough to even wait, think about uh, attempting it. Have I been in a poly? A poly you probably have, Dre. You huh? probably have. You wait, probably I don't know, have. bro. I don't listen. I don't know what kind of you know. No, wait, wait, pause. Hold up, wait, pause. Same. Jesus anybody, anybody that knows that they was messing with Dre at the same time, he was messing with two, three, and four with you. Y'all know y'all was poly. <laughs> Don't do it. They're going to start commenting on this live in a minute. Don't <laughs> Look, I got but some wait, stuff. But let me say this as well. I got some, some of y'all. I I was poly with Dre. <laughs> Hashtag Polly with Dre. Which Dre? Be specific. Rumble. Rumble. 
surviving Drake. <laughs> surviving Drake Rumble. We were, we were, we were <laughs> let me say this for all y'all good poly people. Y'all better be using condoms because let me because as a woman, see I have to <laughs> PSA. Sometimes people be out here bugging polyamorous cells. That should have been the sponsorship you have. This is the thing. This is the thing. a lot of times, isn't about sex. A lot of times, it's about business. I said that. It's about keeping the money. It's about keeping the money and the finances within the community. HBO had a, sh a series many years ago called Big Love that actually ties into that. what Jamel said. That it was it was a very interesting show, and but that entire community it was a polyamorous community, and they did everything that like it was literally a city, like they were within themselves. They were a unit within themselves, and it was crazy. It was it was really crazy. But the truth of the matter is. But Drake really got hashtags going here. I can't with the people. Somebody really? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Survivor Rumble. Yo, y'all are horrible. I got stuff <laughs> happening. Y'all are horrible. Hashtag it. I don't need this kind of negativity <laughs> in my life. No, somebody hashtag Survivor in the Rumble in the Jungle. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. Yo. <laughs> Yo, what just happened? <laughs> Straight up has yo Q, you dead wrong for that. Oh, <laughs> Q, you dead wrong for that. Oh, oh my god. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna make Dre the spokesperson too. Forget the Trojan man. We got Dre Rumble. <laughs> yo, I, don't, I don't I don't need nobody. I'll say this. I'll say this. And, I, and I'll be silent for for another good while. Because uh, he got oh, to Google some more stuff. Wait, that's, that's my sister, Anika? Oh, my God. Yeah, this is about Bishop is Anika. J Jamel, that's, a, that's a Anika Robinson, Jamel. What's he saying? That, that's her. R519 is Anika. Mm -hmm. uh, She's going oh, in. Oh, Anika trying to hide. <laughs> that's family right there. She's trying to be anonymous. No, no, no. Come on, my sister. Reveal yourself. <laughs> oh, she over it. But I say this, and I'll be oh, quiet. We already know what type of time we are. No doubt, no doubt, Q. The truth Ooh, of the matter is, uh, me, Quazon Durant. Yeah. Me personally, I have been in that type of a relationship. <laughs> I, I believe it. In a polyamorous relationship. I'm not And you know, how, and you know why he believes me? Because he taught me well. I followed your instructions very well. Sir. You were you were so awesome in the you were so detailed in what I should do. I just thank you. I really thank you because without you, without you, I would not have comedy. This comedy. This is what we doing. So this is what's ha it's happening. It's happening again. Oh That's why I put out that disclaimer that they're cousins. I had to put that disclaimer out that they are cousins so that people just will understand the relationship of cousins. 
Because if that, this, uh-oh. Oh, just, you know what? I'm going on mute. Go ahead, Gina. Right. Like, just, just, don't don't even say that now. Oh, I've been like, I can speak to both sides of the face. I've been in situations where I've been in a polyamorous relationship. And everybody knew. My Both girls knew, like, yo, this is my man. Jamal, you were sh- was you sharing fluids? <laughs> what? I'm not, I'm not going to say too much because I got my little cousins in the car with me. In the back. I'm, 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 I'm going I'm, I'm go on camera. That's it. But what I will say, what I will say is that more it more than it being about sex, it was about it was more so about having a community that you could really build with. You know what I'm saying? And here it is, you know, you have people who have that same mindset. People that I can name who have that very same mindset, you know? And my thing is, again, it may not be good for you, but don't demonize others who find ways of working around it and making it something that they can do and, and build. You see? You see? I won't let it go. Nah, no, no. It go. no, no. You don't understand. You talking Yo. and Anika is going in on you right now. Yo, Mel, Anika's in the comments so going so in don't on don't you. Don't let the covers be pulled off, Anika. Don't let the covers be pulled off. Come on, Anika. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. The truth, the truth of the matter is, you know, and I'll say this and I'll and I'll stop talking. We there has to be there has to be an open mindedness, open-mindedness when we talk about these things, especially if you have never experienced those things. That means that you don't have the ability to talk about it with clarity. You don't have the ability to talk about it with any knowledge. It means that you you should become more of a student than a teacher. I'll shut my mouth. No, it's on you. Let me just laugh. I, you know what? I want to piggyback off of that by offering statistic, the statistic as to why it is so important to have these conversations, particularly in the church. 25% of millennials identify as polyamorous. Yes, they do. 25%. That's a quarter of the millennials. These are the ones that are singing in our choirs. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that are playing our instruments. These are the ones that we're trying to lure and keep into our church with the smoke, the fog, and the lights. So you're going to lure them in with what they like. That wasn't an indictment, Dre. Relax. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, these are the things. You saw my face. Yes. I, 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 that's not an indictment. Like I said, you know how I feel about that to each his own. I, I wouldn't do that in my church, but I mean, I'm not mad at anybody who does it. I, if it works, it works. But that's the thing. After you get them in, it's going to be real conversations like this that keep them saying, okay, my church is actually about something. I can have a real discussion with my pastor, with my youth leader, with whoever about what's going on with me and whether this is the right thing for me. How Using the story of Sarah with Hagar and Abraham, she thought she was doing something, I said it earlier, for her husband. How many girls are sucked into to thinking they're polyamorous, but they're really not? Because they're trying to please a man. This is why these conversations have to happen in the church. I agree. This is why they have to happen. You think you... (laughs) Sarah thought she was polyamorous till Hagar had that baby. Then it was like, nah, chick, you and the kid got to go. 
Oh, yeah. Everybody. And, and Abraham, I'm looking at you. I know what God said, but it's going to be a long time for you touch this again. Like, it was like that. That's real. That's real life. That that's real life. And that's why we can't demonize it. This is why we got to be open minded. This is why we got to do our research. So we're giving them info. The, the church has to become less about the pastor telling you what to do and more about you learning God for yourself and knowing who you are and knowing who God is in you. It has to become more about that. Because growing up in the 50s and 60s, people went to their pastor for everything. The pastor was the doctor. He was the lawyer. He was the policeman. He did every pastor did every pastor told you how to live. We bought into that whole slave master's gospel that I talk about constantly, and it carried over into our culture. So what do we say to people? Who is that? Chaotic? Yo, yo, Kay. Um explain explain that that's one of my boys yeah good dude real real good. no but, that, but that's why i'm I, that's why i'm yeah, highlighting um, that comment because yeah, yeah, what yeah. do we I'm say because he's yeah, not, that's yeah, but that's a good comment because why does it make it confusing yeah I, I actually i think i get it it gets it, it it becomes confusing because you've heard one thing all your life and then you get people like us who are definitely people of God, who love God, who are who identify as Christian, who believe in Jesus Christ, and we're saying something different from what has been drilled home all these years. But and so it, yes, it becomes reason, confusing. But that's part of the reason why I said, how do you define fornication? And is fornication truly a sin to you? Oh, we're just going to jump into that. We're not even going like, there's no... Mm -hmm. We're not even going to like pivot and segue into it. We're just going to jump right into that question. Nah, I believe in here first. <laughs> well, your shirt says just do it. So. Bishop. Again, fornication by biblical definition. Biblical definition. Greek. New Greek. Testament. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to get into the actual word. But what it means, it is actually. it. It means that what is being done is, <laughs> let's just put it this way. Fornication is not about a sexual act. It's about perversion. In Greek, it, it fornication is about perversion. Now, if you want to talk, if you want to say that to consenting sex between two people is perversion, okay. But my understanding of perversion, it has to go a lot deeper than that. Now, like, when, like when theologians like were when theologians were putting stuff together, they they lumped the sex before marriage into that category of perversion, so that they because languages are different. You're talking about Greek and Latin, Aramaic, and all these different things. In order to get it to English, there wasn't an English word that fit so they had to make it fit and that happens a lot particularly in the king james version so again we've got to be very very careful when we look at things through a certain lens churches can be okay with this but then other churches can't which churches do you follow then because everyone can't be right or can they it resides with okay that that is an that is a phenomenal thought and it, it is a better question 
the key for that is quite honestly gaining a relationship with God through Jesus Christ for yourself and allowing the spirit to lead you to the church that is right for you. Now, mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that, and I've realized that this conversation might be a little deeper than just for those who are new or still on their journey of trying to understand this whole, you know, Jesus thing, trying to understand what salvation is. And so for that, this can be a little heady, but quite honestly, it takes the work of doing the research for yourself. It takes the work of cultivating that relationship with God through Jesus yourself, accepting Jesus into your heart, which doesn't even have to happen at a church. And then truly having the faith to allow that the spirit of God that is now within you to lead you or that has been awakened in you because the spirit of God is in every one of us. But the, the spirit of God has been awakened in you to now lead you and guide you, as the scripture says, into all truth. And then again, there are certain things because even scripture talks about just because something might be sin to one, certain things may not be sin to everyone. Then you got to get into the whole conversation of what sin actually means. And I'm not trying to go there tonight. Jamel. I think oh. part I think part of the issue. Even the scripture says that. Mm -hmm. this, can y'all hear me? Yeah. 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 Even the scripture says that. The scripture talks about something being a sin to you. You know, everything is in Romans. You know, one man can eat meat, another cannot eat meat. You know, if it's a sin to you, then you refrain from doing it. Because again, when we we constantly hear in church, this is a personal relationship. But as soon as somebody ain't doing what you're doing, you're ready to go off. No, if it is a personal relationship and you do not understand the dynamic that I have in my relationship with God, you do not know the wits, the ways, and the dynamic of that relationship, then it's best for us just to say, hey, I'm praying for you and I'm going to keep my business right here. Because what happens, it, 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 it even 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 scripture, it keeps going on. It says, "The just shall live by his faith." One scripture mm -hmm. says, "The just shall live by faith." Then another says, "The just shall live by his faith." Mm -hmm. Again, separating things, letting you know that there are levels to this. There there are different levels, different dynamics of people, different. There are different perspectives, and if we think that God is only as wonderful as a Christian's. As a Christian perspective, only and only one Christian perspective in the whole sect where there are thousands of sects of Christians, let alone Muslims or Buddhists or any other people. Like God, God, He has a way of reaching all of us wherever we are, however we are, with whatever concept we hold Him as. And when we, when we choose not to see that God has that power, we diminish God and make him human like us. Pick me. Tag me, Jamel. Tag. Tag in. You and Nikia, go. 
I just oh okay because I need okay because he, he, he wasn't gonna tag you he wasn't gonna tag you he wasn't gonna tag you in so he I had to tag you tag in. in go ahead he wasn't gonna tag you in <laughs> you know what I'm saying this how many you're just gonna you. leave you out there by yourself that's what because <laughs> he over here driving yeah he dropping people off I think it's the main but let me say this see this is why I need people all jokes and I. I know I joke a lot, y'all, and I really do. However, I am a studier. This is what I do. I live by my good studies, right? Boom. I want to be Paper Bible Saved. Let's go. I, Nakia Monet, and Paper Bible Saved. Paper Bible. To fully understand it. I joke a lot. I'm very passionate about what I believe, but I truly do know this word of God because I study it, right? Part of the issue with us as a whole is that we do not study to shoe thyself approved unto shoe. God. Come on and shoe. Come on and shoe. Ain't that the word? S-H- say, S-H-E-W. Because y'all keep trying to say study the show. No, it says shoe. Re- shoe. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That's what the words say. Now, with that being said, one of the one, one of the great books that I did purchase uh, early on was the Evangelical Dictionary of the- Theology, right? And part of the reason why I did that was because there were certain things that I knew that I needed to um, be informed about on a deeper level. Fornication being one of them, right? And not fornication because it's something that I struggle with, but fornication because it's something that I find that has been deeply mistaught in the church, right? So we only deal with one aspect of fornication, which is sex between two people that are unmarried, which would then go in line with a polyamorous relationship, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that fornication goes in a multitude of different directions Mm -hmm. as it relates to the Bible, as it translates back, truly back into the Greek and or Hebrew, but they don't really deal, truth be told, right? Truth be told, they do not necessarily deal with fornication in the Hebrew. It is truly only necessarily dealt with in the Greek. And the reason for that is because I'm not going to say that fornication was allowed in the Old Testament, but you did not have to be married to a person to be sexual with a person in the Old Testament. And the reason being is because you had something that was culturally acceptable called a concubine, meaning that person was not your wife. So when we truly deal with all the confines and how all this stuff really relates, a lot of it goes back to the original translation of the word to begin to understand why certain things was actually put into place and the meaning behind what was actually put into place. And this ain't Bible study or anything like that. So I'm really not going to break down scriptures right now. Break it down. Come on, break it down. It's not the good Bible study time, um, Bishop. You know, we over here first of all because the folks is about to call me something because I'm over here having my good sip on the muzzles or podcast, and over here got the Bible open, got the good dictionary open. But huh? And don't and don't forget you cussed us out already. So yeah. I already did because I said I don't give a f, and I meant what I said. <laughs> However, but let me just say this. So I think that a lot of the times in order for us to truly understand fornication, we have to understand the context in which it was written in, in the actual scripture that we are referencing at that time. We need to understand whom was the scripture actually talking to? 
What was the audience? Is this pre or post Jesus' death? A lot of us do not take that level of detail to begin to understand because when Jesus was speaking while alive, we're still under the law, technically. And what we, yeah, and what we do not understand is what happens post death. And I think a lot of what happens with us is that we are under so many false teachers whom have not necessarily taken the time to actually study the word, then we get into a lot of the confusion that we have today, which is the reason why um, here we are. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I just think that that in and out of itself is important. We need to understand translation. And I will say this, some of y'all truly, truly need to get y'all a good dictionary, okay? And some of y'all need to get y'all a truly good, and I'm not just saying a study Bible because amateurs have study Bibles. True. Us who are true preachers, we have companion Bibles. We have Bibles that literally will take us back to the original text and then translate it. That's us who are true studiers of the word of God. We do not do study Bibles because study Bibles are strictly the word. What'd you say? Get a concordance. I'm even going deeper than a concordance because I got the concordance. I got Strong's and all of that, but I actually have a companion Bible, right? Mm -hmm. And in that companion Bible and in the appendices of the companion Bible and in the, in the, in, in, in the full context of the companion Bible, it literally gives you a broader context of the word because it's going to take you to the Greek and or Hebrew, depending upon uh, which testament that you're actually studying in and it's going to give you the exact translation so that you can stop being confused because a lot of us are being confused because we, we have not been taught how to properly study. We've been taught, now you got to take it back to the original context, but that's about it. So we, we've been taught how to deal with the cultural aspect of it, but we have not necessarily been taught how to deal with what has actually changed in the Bible over time due to current culture, due to Various different religious sects, like the Roman Catholic Church, like, truth be told, uh, the, the, the queen in England, not this current queen, but the queen in England, we have not necessarily been taught how to do that. And because we have not been taught, and we also have not been fully taught, taught um, etymology, we do not understand the origin of words. And because we don't understand the origin of words, we are truly tripped up on a lot of different things because we get very confused by what we actually are reading compared to when did that word actually show up in the Bible and what was there preceding that word. So th there's a lot to study in the Bible. It is not just about literally just opening up because I am paper Bible saved, but I'm also paper Bible studied. Hello. There's a difference. Okay. Because some of y'all ain't paper Bible study. And when I say paper Bible study, I literally mean, as y'all can see, like this is, I'm literally sitting in my office and I keep everything around me because if I need to study something, I'm going to go back and I'm going to search it out for myself. I, yeah, I don't. I don't aim to change what people believe, right? Because a lot of times people get so offended by that and they're like, oh, but this is what we've been taught for the last 20 years. And here you come, ma'am, listen, ma'am, sir, or sir, whatever. This is all I know. This is how, 
this is how I came up and this is all I know. That's and guess what? Know. And if that's all you know, and you have not reached any point of transformation in your life, then you can keep what you know, because I'm going to go for what I do. I don't care about what people, one thing about me, I don't care about what people know. I care about what actually does work and cause transformation in your life. And part of the issue that we have, especially today, is that we're not transforming lives. We're just keeping people at a status quo. I refuse to be at anybody's status quo at this point. I'm about life transformation. And the truth of the matter is until you understand the definition of fornication, you're always going to view you're always going to view as if a person cannot be Christian and polyamorous at the same time. And that's just a lie. Now, can you be a bigamist and a Christian at the same time? I don't know. We're going to have to ask these good bishops in the Lord's church who they be consecrating. However, Um, to that, I would say, no, you cannot be a bigamist. I can't tell. I'm, I'm just going on being paper Bible say. Listen, paper Bible say, but I'm the hmm. paper Bible says, 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 paper Bible save says that, um, I'm gonna knock my lights down. See, you, you did, kid. <laughs> gonna blame you for this, but, um, paper Bible save says that, um, the bishop must be the husband of one wife. Mm -mm, that ain't according to these new age bishops. Well, I'm not a biggie fan. I like Tupac, so I don't know what it means. So what? <laughs> you know, so I the bigamy because because the other thing is bigamy is also illegal. So you know, you you can't do that. That that, that you can't do. It is illegal to a certain extent, but that's a whole another topic. We're gonna get yeah, that's that's, that's a that's a discussion for another day. Lady Ta, what's her name? Lady Latanya, Lord Jesus. See, this is what happens. Lady Latoya. Latoya, Latoya, I'm sorry. She said, We preaching emotions. Don't judge my glasses. They're a little foggy because they keep moving and shaking. Don't judge me. Is that the fog of the room or the fog in the glass? I'm just asking a question. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking a question. You know what? We're not well, answering that. Is that yet. the fog of the it's it's the mist in the glass. <laughs> we're not we're not answering your questions today, sir. We don't get to answer your questions today. I'm over here living holiness. Y'all over here trying to play with me. Well, Lady Latoya, is, Lady Latoya is right, and it goes both ways. Uh, you know, there 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 are two extremes that I see where it comes to the preachers that, particularly in our culture, people like. It's either the extreme of people who are going to tell you that you're going to get a million dollars and God wants to bless you and your hate is this and your hate is that. And then there's the other extreme of everybody's going to hell. Nobody's living right but me. And if y'all don't get it together, this God is going to strike you and kill you. All of those, all that type of preaching is designed to meet an emotion. Nobody is preaching so that people's lives are genuinely changed. And set free. I believe in transformation. God is about that. So, you know, we, we, we've got to be very, very careful even with that because, you know, there, there are so many people who shout holiness is right. I asked a question on Facebook many years ago in, in a topic and got in trouble with it. And I said, yo, we all like to shout holiness is right, but whose holiness are we talking about? Whose? Because they swear they G.E. Patterson and ain't... <laughs> 
Gil, not Gilbert Earl. Not Listen, Gilbert Earl. Patterson, holiness is right. Yeah, okay, but where is your holy at? Because I'm trying to find it. Who and, and whose definition of holiness? What so if holiness is right, what is the let, let's go back to, to, to that word. What does that actually mean in scripture? But a lot of people don't know holiness, right? People have assigned holiness to a look. A look. Mm -hmm. People have assigned holiness to literally like words that you speak, like, oh, if you cuss, you ain't holy. Says who? The Bible doesn't even speak of cuss words. They didn't even have F-U-C-K-B-I-C-T-H-A-S-S, all them were S-H-I-T. That wasn't even in existence. So that 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 came... there were vulgarity. There are vulgarities in the Bible. Yes, like when he referred when Jesus referred to his mother as woman. The first instance of when he said woman, that was a little harsh. Mm -hmm. Truth be told. But y'all not really studiers. That's my problem. My problem is people don't study. When Paul says that he counts all those things as dung, dung, dung mm -hmm. is a vulgarity. But yet I mean, there it is in scripture. I mean, when you look at dung, what is the definition of dung? It, it exactly. is exactly it's S H I T. But but that's just it. The word dung in 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 old English is actually a vulgarity, but yet it is in, it is in scripture. So but Jamel's coming. Uh, the other is we have to really realize what is cursing and what is profanity. What are pejoratives? They're, they're different words that we, again, you know, we have to, and, and I've said it, you've said it, Dwayne has said it. Uh, uh, I think my cousin may have said it, even though we did have a little argument about it. But um, there has to be you have to study and don't just study the Bible. Pick up a dictionary. Learn what's the difference between cursing, profanity, pejorative. Find out what the difference is. So Most you can have can't a tell you the difference between a noun and a verb. <laughs> a lot of times we can't have a lot of times we can't have conversations because people are languaged out because they don't know what the heck we're talking about. Because we're simple words that they think they know what it means, they have no clue. No clue. Well, they have no and, clue. And, and that is depicted upon the fact that some of y'all don't know the difference between there, there, and there. Woman versus women. Man versus men. I still like, want to know what a man to God is. I still want to know what a man of God is. I still want to know what this old English accent is that some of y'all think that sounds really good. <laughs> when they read the King James Version. Again, you know, we I think I think when we really start to investigate a little more, um the question of polyamory was a good start of, but the real question that that should be handed to us or to Christians should be this. What, what should it be, Jamel? Come on, tell us. The question should be, how can, how can you expect more from God? How can you expect God to open your understanding if you do not have an open mind? The Bible says, uh, wisdom is the principal thing, but with all you're getting, get an understanding. You mm -hmm. can't have an understanding if you have a closed mind. You can't close 
having a closed mind defiles an infinite God. Having a closed mind That's true, literally is one of the things that separates you from God. That is, it, it is, it is your lack of self-awareness of how God views you and how you view God. Mm -hmm. That's why we can't have these conversations. Because the Christian, most Christians are not ready for these conversations. Because yeah. they're too busy talking about other people Mel, instead of studying. Mel, Mel, which, Mel, when you talk about most Christians are not ready to talk, have this conversation. Are you speaking of, from a generational, from a general, no, 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 no. I, it's a, I'm, I'm seriously asking. Are you talking from a generational standpoint or are you talking as a whole? I'm, I'm more so talking about from a, I wouldn't say generational because that's, it's too that's small. I would say from, I would say from a, a standpoint of the way we have been socialized within the religion. The mm. way we've been socialized in Christianity, most of us have been socialized the way the way of the slave master. Dwayne but spoke think, about but, it early. But but I think from my age and down, and I the Dwayne is probably one of the few in his age group um that might be open to these conversations. No, I wasn't trying to insult him, Nakia. He's I know you wasn't. But you laughing though. That's mad messy. First of all. <laughs> nah. Here we go. <laughs> you no. see, Dre probably get that good, first of all. <laughs> no, he get a rise out of this. I think, I think there are, especially the young ones coming up, that are open and privy to these conversations. I just want to know what age we talking about. That's all. Y'all, that's 55 so, and over. Some. I'm not and near 55, so I know what you're talking about. That's what I'm trying to understand. What age group? Because I I'm know. Not near I'm talking about us that are 36 and down. I'll, and, I'll, and again, I'll say okay. some. Because those that are, there are a lot of people that are 36 and, and down that are just as close-minded as the people that came before them. I agree the scripture. It's the mm -hmm. it's the way we've been socialized. It's it, it it's the dogma, the the dogma that has been presented to the people is so it's so it's so oppressive that when one does start to think out the box, the collective demonizes the one in order to bring the one back into the fold of their hive mind thinking. And that's why a lot of times you'll hear people talk about even the simplest of things. Oh, you got to cut on the lights in those church. You 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 got those lights off. Yeah, you, you, you got the fog machines. Does it matter if I? Does it matter? Does it matter? It does. It does to a I, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I bet you that nigga. I bet you that nigga is an accurate prophet, and he prophesied better than the people that wear the suits and the collars. Yeah, but this is but this is my thing. Even with that, there are so many areas mm -hmm. where we are, where we are basically, if anybody tries to evolve in their thinking or grow in their thinking, yep. the collective yep. comes after them to pull them back to their way of thinking. And if you don't do it the way we do it, they guess what? We're going to blast you. We're yep. going to black you. We're going to talk about you. We're going to destroy your ministry. And then have the nerve to turn around and talk about the love of Jesus.
But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. With that. Here's the thing with that. You can't. You can't stop nobody's ministry that the people want. And and but you know what? This is and that is the truth. But this is this is how people manipulate the scripture. Because when they when you start saying stuff like that, then they'll go, yes, and that's why the Bible talks about a great falling away. You're right. No, yeah. The great yeah. falling away isn't about the evolving of thought. It the great not. falling away is about those trying to keep traditions of dead men that mm -hmm. are no longer around. Right. Yeah. Like we, we, we talk stop. about scripture. We talk about, and this is this is one of my things, and I and I'll shut up again because you know I, I'll go on. But right, because you're going Google to find some more information. But go ahead. No, I, 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 I don't have to Google. I did the study, bro. I've been studying a long time. So I gotta Google. But my thing is this: as much as we try to talk about how radical we are, you just another form of traditional. As much as we try to talk about how how wonderfully out the box we are, because you're still doing the same things in different we, ways. We're radical because we wear t-shirts and long jean skirts to church. Don't come to me. I don't wear no long jean skirt. You look like you did that. But Christianity, <laughs> Christianity has become the master of limitation. This is true. We, they have become the masters of limitation. And and let me tell you, and I'll say this, the scripture says they that live godly will suffer, will suffer persecution. persecution. Yep. It, and, and people don't even know what living godly is. Living See, godly is sovereignty. I'm living in my I'm living, I'm telling you what it means, Doc. No, I'm not talking about you. Nakia was oh. talking about that's why she persecuted. I'm like, ain't nobody paying her no oh. mind, but go ahead. Yeah, but we, we're living in your sovereignty, living in your ability to have experiences and live and, and do things with, with a clear mind based on your decisions. Why, why would God give us the ability to make choices and then you, you come along and preach and demean us for having a choice? Right. You, we become the ones that are persecuted are the ones who are really living godly. The ones that are really saying, "Well, I hear what tradition says, but I'm going to follow this because this is an evolved thought from where I was taught this, and it worked for for me when I was 15, 16, but now I'm 40. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work anymore because mm -hmm. I've studied, because I've learned, because I see how how culture and life is. And the I way have life, life experience today, now. Right. And because of the way life is today, it the scripture cannot cover all of what life is today because it's 2,000 and beyond years ago. You can't tell the people that. Not a living think. document. They, 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 get, they get upset. And my thing okay. is, because you it's get upset because document. you have cognitive dissonance. Because you're being presented with a truth that you know is the truth, but your, your your traditional thought says, but but you have to hang on to this. So it causes conflict in oneself. See, I did a whole good show like two years ago on cognitive distortion, but mm. what we fail to realize is there is a such thing as cognitive dissonance. Dissonance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we, and we okay. learn that. That is learned. That is a true learn. It's a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. 
Most oh, I didn't. I didn't take the SAT, so I don't know what that is. So I'm gonna oh, go back God. and mute again. Just don't, don't go ahead, Nikia. Don't listen to Dre. Just keep going. <laughs> just just keep going. Dre already. Dre already got a good virtual finger, so he all right with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you know. Uh, I, someone said. Someone said in the post, and and it's Lawrence Hendrickson, and mm -hmm. and I, I really. I just wanted to address it. He said, most pastors today don't fit the criteria of a Christian. If Jesus was around today, he would be at the bar. Don't be reading comments I ain't post up there yet. Okay. <laughs> well, You're getting ahead and, of the host. You're getting ahead of the host. <laughs> and you see, Lawrence, it's, it's because of people who think like you that we are able to grow. We... Yeah, if that's my, we, that's my if, you, if you was gonna find a sinner in in the church, you were right. But we think they saved. We think everybody that go to church is saved. Most of the sex is happening in the church. Most of the most, 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 most of the, the most of the drugs. The S -E -X. <laughs> You got preachers who are offing themselves because they have drug habits that they can't control. Yes. I mean, we've seen it. They done died of overdoses in their own sanctuaries. De dealing with stuff that they can't even talk to nobody about because they're judged or blackballed or their church stripped from them. Who, can, I'll give you a name. Zachary Thames. Anybody ask you for a name? I I I I I volunteered. And the bad part about the the Tim's thing is everybody cried and it and how sad it was and why wasn't anybody there? But nobody looked in the mirror and said, "Wait a minute, could it be that our culture did not allow for us to be there for him?" But it doesn't allow, right? But because the church the church culture does not allow for human aspects of life. No, it doesn't. The church culture tells you that you need to be subhuman. No, the coach, and the, co the, the, the coach, the, the church culture tells you that whatever, when you're flawed and you're in the spotlight, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta suffer, you gotta suffer in silence. I'm sorry, I was looking at Lady Latoya's comment, but I right. won't say it out loud. <laughs> right, she's definitely. Oh, I wait for Kia to put it up. I'm on my laptop so I can see it. Oh, I'm going to put it up. <laughs> I know you are. Trust and believe. I want to see it. Okay. Toya. Don't do her. Don't do her. She is telling the truth. See when you get, when you when you get viewers from the Bronx, they just say <laughs> you gonna leave. You, you take a chance at the Bronx tonight. Don't do the Bronx like that, Lady Latoya. I might have had your name wrong before, but we 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 blame the fog. But you're right. I'm clear mm. now. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. As you take another step in the past, but the fog right back up. <laughs> you know what? That was I a long sip it. too. I don't, don't judge me. I don't know that happens in the good pastor's office. I don't want an office. Yo, but you don't want an office. Come on, Pastor. Don't have an office. They want to act like none of this is happening. They want to act like all this is a figment of their imagination. It's happening in the sanctuary. No, everybody in the church prays. Stop lying. Service outside. Shut up, Andre. Be wilding, yo. Right, yo. Anika said it. 
on, on the stage and the altar. See, here's the thing. And this is the thing that I think that we really and truly need to fully understand, right? And the truth, I had to learn this personally, but I also had to learn it on a, on a totally different level. I do. I have learned how not to place people up here. Yeah, I might not be able to see my up here because the good thing, but up here, right? And part of the reason for that is because a lot of the times we are taught it is a it is it is truly a learned behavior to place your pastor, overseer, apostle, whatever the case, whatever they call themselves, right up here, as if they are the true. You know, I'm gonna place my hand up here because it needs to be unseen because they they are so far above you, above right. where you are, above how you understand, above how you learn. They 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 are truly far above here, right? And that is not to say that there aren't some that are, but when you have truly encountered one whom is not, one whom truly is like right here, right? They literally are neck and neck with you, although they are your leader, although they are the one that is supposed to be spiritually uh, responsible for your growth. But they're literally right here because they're still learning as you are growing. They are yet and still learning. I have learned how not to place this level of a person up here. Right. Because they don't belong up there yet, because they have not gone through and they have not received the lessons that they need to receive in order to be up here. Now, in my personal opinion, should they be leading me? Absolutely not. Right. Because for me, a person that has not surpassed me, you literally cannot lead me. You know what I'm saying? We learn that in business. And I don't know why in the church world this is not respected. Right. But that's neat. That, that that definitely is another show for another topic. But for us, when we begin to see certain things, when we begin to, you know what I'm saying, be privy to certain things and everything, we have to make the determination amongst ourselves. OK, is this just their humanity or is this their sinful nature? Because a lot of the times what we what we hear from a lot of wayward pe people is oh you could not handle my humanity no human i can handle sinful nature that goes against god i'm not handling that and i i don't i shouldn't have to handle that right so i can handle your humanity i can handle you being human but there's a difference between your human nature and your actual sinful nature and your sinful nature if you are a so-called believer and you have repented and you've received the salvation and you don't got dipped in that good water some of y'all getting dipped and i don't i can't recognize whether you was dipped or not was you fully submerged or as y'all like to you know tell yeah, the you know what? And the truth of the matter was, right? I would sprinkle at a young age, right? Because I grew up Catholic. And then when I got into the good Baptist church, they were like, you got to be submerged. You got to be submerged. And then I began, and, and, and guess what? And I got submerged, right? But you're not going to tell me that my sprinkle don't count compared to your submersion. <laughs> okay? And y'all in your good submersion is living hellified lives, right? Because at the end of the day, my 
forehead was sprinkled at the good age of like eight years old, but I understood the magnitude of the decision that I made to be sprinkled. But some of y'all be 40, okay, 35, 30, whatever, getting fully submerged and don't even fully understand the magnitude of what you're actually saying as far as your outward expression of your actual belief, your salvation, all that extra stuff. But go down me, a dry devil, come up a wet one. Listen, but me being an eight-year-old understood the magnitude of the sprinkle, right? Because I literally was like seven, eight years old when I was being sprinkled. You know what I'm saying? So I just think there's a difference as far as the mindset. But I welcomed the full submersion because I understood that everything that I experienced from the time of eight up until that time where I was fully submerged meant something. And it meant that I was leaving certain things behind and behold, here comes Nakia, right? And granted, you, you ain't going to do all things perfect or anything like that. But at the same time, you're going to be able to understand the magnitude of what you're actually doing. And I think the problem that we have in the church today as a whole is, is that we do a lot of things based on tradition and we don't do a lot of things based on true understanding. So I can tell you that you are fornicator. You know what I'm saying? I can tell you that, you know what I'm saying? You're a liar. I can tell you that you're an adulterer. But at the end of the day, I can't bring you to a place of actual repentance, actual deliverance, actual, you know, whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? And full understanding of grace and mercy because that's what we operate under now as far as the church is concerned. We operate under grace and mercy, not saying that you are fully exonerated for the things in which you do, but understanding that there is forgiveness for what you do, what you have said, what you have done, whatever the case may be, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? But it doesn't give you free reign to continue in all of that mess. That's the point that I want to make. Like at the end of the day, people have to understand that you know what I'm saying? You just don't get free reign to hurt people. Most definitely. You know, and a lot of what 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 a lot of this so-called polyamorous is, is is that when we think of it in Christendom, that's all I want, I'm gonna use that terminology, Christendom, right? It turns into a lot of hurt people. So we're not necessarily discussing the the worldly. Right. The worldly because Christians like to look, love to use that terminology out here. We're not discussing the worldly meaning of polyamorous. Let's discuss the Christian meaning of polyamorous. How does that look in a Christian actual life? How does that look? Is it honest? Is it open? Is it foretelling? You know what I'm saying? Because we don't know. You know what? You said something that was very poignant right there. You said that the Christians define it this way while the world defines it this way. And that and the scripture lets us know to the pure, all things are pure. Yeah. Not some. Not a piece of things. To the pure, all things are pure. And my thing is when all you can see is evil in a thing, you really have to check yourself. You have to check what's going on within you. Investigate what's happening with you. Why does why does that strike such a chord? Why does that make me feel this way? So you can really get a hold of your own soul. 
So be you know, I think we're in a day and time now where people are like, yo, I'm 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 taking care of my soul. Whatever y'all want to do over there, y'all do that. But I'm gonna take care of my soul. I'm gonna be healthy. I'm going to make sure that my soul is is in right standing. And right standing for you may not be right standing for me. Because we we may have different perspectives of what right standing is. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. we, we we have to we have to know that and you spoke about grace. God gives us grace and he gives us grace for the purpose of leaving us room to have experiences. What good, what can I tell good, anybody if I have not had an experience? What can I, I say to anybody without an experience? Like you said, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. And what may be bad to you may not be bad for me. It may be what I needed to bring me to this certain revelation of who God is for me. Who's ARB 519? What's her name? Anika. Anika. So I think we need to address this one thing because it irks me, right? I'm just being honest with y'all because we repeat this over and over again. We are we <laughs> we are literally taught that we are not of this world, right? That is one of the first things that I think that I I have possibly learned as when I entered into the black church, which was which was that. And mm -hmm. I think that that is one of the most, one of the like the top five scriptures that are completely mistaught in the church world, right? Because when Jesus is making that claim, because that's why I'm very specific. When Jesus is actually making a claim while he is alive, yet post-death, there's, there's a difference between the dynamic of the two. But when this was actually said, it was, you know, pre-death. And I think that we need to fully begin to understand the context of what he's actually speaking in when it is said that we are not of this world. And at that time, what he was talking about was really wars. He was talking about famine. He was talking about poverty. He was talking about suffering. He was not literally explicitly talking about how we manage relationships. That's not what he was talking about. And I think that a part of what we, we begin to um, misinterpret due to the fact that we have a lot of charismatic preachers that love to throw out scriptures because it captures onto your emotion as opposed to being actual, factual, re real truth is the fact that your relationships, truth be told, was never really a concern of God. Not in the way in which we attempt to make them be. No, you need to be married to one person. That was not actually the structure of marriage at that time. So I think that a lot of the times when we begin to place worldly conditions upon a spiritual God, we get it all misconstrued. 
because we're not understanding that God is of, of the spirit, right? And a lot of it is because when we look at Jesus, he was God in the flesh. Yeah. But he was also dealing with certain things at that time that was going on, which is why he said, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. So, there were certain things that us yeah. as individuals could never fulfill as it relates to the actual law. And a lot of these things that we go through, a lot of this pomp and circumstance that we go through, and a lot of this quoting that we do, and also the extra stuff, because Jesus said it because it's in the red, and this, that, and the third, because he said it because it's in the red, and this, that, and the third, we need to understand, is this pre-grace or post-grace? Because truth of the matter is, pre-grace, we weren't even necessarily included. That was for Israel. And we don't like to make that differentiation. And then you have this new sect of Christians that love to say that, well, we are Israel. All I can, okay, we get all of that, but let's get down to the real actual and factual truth of the matter. And a lot of us have been held captive. And I believe that we do not serve a God that likes to hold us captive, but he was one that came to set us free. So therefore, if the word says that he came to set the captives free, we need to be free in our way of thought, in our way of belief, and in our way of living life. I am by no means saying that y'all need to go around here screwing everybody. I don't believe in that. No. By no means, because that's why some of y'all run around here with BV and freaking uh, what the other thing called? Um, HPV, HPV, HIV, and all the other little diseases all that run the, around all here. the V's that's sitting around there. Okay. VD, <laughs> all, all, all of that. You know what I'm saying? All the V's, all of them. All of that. Yeast infections, all of that. As women, we have to learn how to protect the core of ourselves because when we allow men to enter into us, if they are entering into other women, then therefore we allow we are allowing their fluids to enter into us at the same damn time. Stop that. Because then okay. we would stop making these drug companies a lot of money with all of these uh medications and creams and pills and also the foolishness that got go that 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 they have going on. Okay. And that's my point as far as polyamorous relationships. I believe that if that's how you're going to live your life, then you have every right to live your life the way in which you choose to live your life. But if you're going to do that, be responsible in how you live your life. We can sit up here and dissect this Bible down to the T. And the truth of the matter is, is that God gave everybody freedom of choice. He gave everybody free will. And at the end of the day, he gave you the option to love. And if you're running around here causing harm to people, I'm sorry. You are not operating in love. You are operating in pure evilness. Okay. Yep. If what you are doing causes harm, if what you are doing causes hurt, because you are deceptive, because you are a liar, because you are untruthful, then whom you are is truly a worker of iniquity. That's just the truth. Most definitely. You know what I'm saying? But you know if, go ahead, Jamel. I'm about off my good soapbox. The true, the true essence of polyamorous relationships 
is openness. That's the true essence of it. It's honesty. about the openness. Yep. And the honesty. And without yep. the openness, it is not a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. Now exactly. you're cheating. Now you're deceiving. Right. Right. Now you're doing other things. Right. Right. Well, this has been great, y'all. But I'm getting ready to call it a night because I got to work tomorrow and then travel to New York soon. Oh, what you coming up here for? I got to, unfortunately, I'm coming up for a funeral tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Mm-mm. But I got to travel up to New York. But this was fantastic. I'm glad we had the discussion. Maybe we can do a part two. Listen, we can do how many other parts? We could do all the parts. Tell Charmaine that she needs to come up here with me. <laughs> I'm sure she would enjoy that. Listen, tell her, come on. We are more than open on here. And y'all are just not going to keep having me up here with a whole bunch of good men, strong, opinionated men at that. Y'all not, not going to keep doing that to me. You can handle it. You're a strong, opinionated woman. I sure am. But I'm just saying, we need about two of me. Okay? Okay. Y'all sitting up here. Ladies, let me tell y'all something. Follow me, friend request me, whatever y'all want to do, do it, <laughs> okay? Because when we have this, um, Lady Latoya, come on, girlfriend, they done called you out for being from the Bronx, so let's do it, you know what I'm saying? Um, and whoever else, uh, let's see, she, Leanne Shaw said definitely part two. Leanne, you too. Listen, Charmaine said let's go. I'm with Charmaine. That's my sister. I don't care what nobody say. Okay. Because y'all over here tried it. We didn't try nothing. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? We had a discussion. I can't wait for you and Charmaine to get that good bed and have that good pillow talk. I can't wait. Charmaine, <laughs> message me, okay? Because pillow talk. There you pillow. go. Mm-hmm. There, there, there I go. Pillow wait, Jamel talk. coming. No, no, Jamel's coming. Pillow talk about to be real good. What, Jamel? <laughs> Jamal over here driving. He said you was the damn All I, All I know is that I love my brother. I love my cousin. I love Kia. I love you guys. Yeah, we love you. That's all I know. And I just want to, I want us, I want people to know that whenever we speak, just because our our thought is not your thought. You don't have to attack or demonize us. Who ain't got their seatbelt on? Oh, yeah. That's my cousin. Cousin, we, we follow all the laws in the Put, put the your seatbelt on, sir. Put it on. I'm over here talking. Because, uh-uh. see, that will get us pulled over. We ain't got that type of time. Mm-mm. So, you know, my thing is we bring these topics to bear because there is a need. There is a need for these topics to be talked about because there are other people who are trying to live a life that they really can't live, but they can't express what's really in their hearts because we won't let them. Mm-hmm. There has to be a platform for all people. There has to be. In order for us to really be able to be ministers of the gospel, of the good news, we have to know where people stand and how they feel and, 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 and let them know that, hey, listen, even if I don't understand, God understands. 
Period. And you two, well, you two are gonna work this thing out. You're right. gonna, God, you and God are gonna come to a place where you work it out. That's the good news. I may not know how. It ain't my business to know how. But my, but, but it is my business to let you know that even when I don't have the answers, He does. Let me tell you something. My sister Charmaine, Charmaine, listen here. Bishop, the next time we do this, Charmaine is on. Do you hear me? This your show. Charmaine is on and popping. Charmaine, do you hear me? Friend request me. Send me a whatever. You're on. Uh, not not okay? a whatever. Listen, she could send me what she could even she could text and call me. Charmaine is on. You want to know why? Because I think that we need to discuss how we might not agree. I don't believe I am not one who believes in we, we're going to agree to disagree. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to come to a common ground of understanding based on our own opinions. And we're not going to demonize each other for our opinions, but we're going to come down to uh, understand why we feel the way that we feel and why we have the opinion that we have so that we can then understand, period. I'm not one who agrees with it. I'm going to agree. I think that's passive aggressive BS. We don't need to agree to disagree. <laughs> we, we just don't need to. Like, we're just going to agree to disagree. No, we don't need to agree to disagree. I have the, the mental capacity within my own self and within my own uh, ability to cognitively understand that I can understand what you're saying and not agree with it at the same time. It just is what it is. So Charmaine, sister, you're my sister, and you're going to come up on here. You're going to sit right on, right over there next to the bishop. I know y'all got kids and stuff, so we're just going to make sure that it's at a time when they're not necessarily, you know, purely needy of both of y'all at the same time, and we'll just we'll just work it out. So I think it's going to be dope. I think it's going to be necessary. I think it's going to be needed, and I also think it's going to be powerful. Number one reason why is because you two are married, and you might offer a varying opinion on topics. And it's good for married people to see that we don't always have to agree. You know how they say, how can two walk together? At least they agree. That's another one of them scriptures. Totally, out of, totally, out, yeah. of like, totally out of context. Totally out of context. Totally out of context. Y'all sit up here thinking, yeah, y'all need to agree with everything with a person that you married to or whatever the case may be. No, you don't. But we 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 gonna break all of that down because I think that that is imperative for us to understand. You know what? Y'all will have a powerful marriage ministry because y'all have varying opinions, varying views, but you also walk together. Therefore, you understand the ability to understand each other, understand where each other is coming from, understand each other's thought, understand how each other moves and still love each other at the end of the day. So therefore, you know what? Let me say this. Now, because people like to come against marriages like how you guys have, right? And because they don't understand it, right? And because they can't always quite get with it. But you guys have a very powerful marriage 
in where you can have two opposing opinions, but yet and still understand each other to come down to an agreeable stance to where you can still stand together and stand as one. People do not understand how you can actually stand as one, least you agree. But the common ground of agreement has nothing to do with a personal opinion. It has everything to do with what you actually stand on as a marriage. And I think that's imperative. And I think that's important that we have to we have to begin to learn and we have to begin to teach um, as part of as part as as part of marriage ministries. Right. Because a lot of marriages have actually failed because we do not understand that I don't have to agree with you on everything. But the common ground of understanding is the fact that I love you and I understand where you're actually coming from, because I know your mind. I know your temperament. I know your heart. I know your intent. I know everything that is behind you. So I think that 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 truly is something that possibly even you and her, because you have your own uh, StreamYard platform that y'all can actually cultivate and build upon and actually um, grow upon as far as your ministry is concerned with each other to teach other couples. How are you able to do that? Because a lot of people don't understand that level of a dynamic because they just think that, you know, I just got to go along to get along. No, you do not. No, you do not. You don't have to go along to get along. You have to go along. You know what, Dre? Put yourself back on black. Fade to black. (laughs) Yo, Dre, you dumb. Because he's so ignorant. Fade to black. Okay. Be like Jay-Z and fade to black. I was going to ask you if you needed your prayer shawl. Not the prayer shawl. (laughs) I don't even have a prayer shawl anymore. I probably need to go buy a whole new one. But anyway, but what I am saying is is that I think think that would be um, a very good addition to what y'all actually do have going on because of the simple fact that um, y'all understand each other. And a lot of the times, what is failing in marriage, especially in ministry, is a lack of understanding. And we see that. That's why like, people always want to compare the divorce rate in ministry to be so high. Part of that is due to a lack of understanding. Who are you called to be? Who am I called to be? What is my voice of reason? You know what I'm saying? And I think that that I think that that in and out of itself is imperative because y'all actually have two opposing views on the same topic. And I think that it is it that is monumental. You know what I'm saying? And Let's the fact that you and this DMX, you know what? You know what, Dre? We're gonna pray for you. You see, thank thank you. Because Dre over here doing these um violins. You saw him, you know what I'm saying? Because he's so ignorant. But the truth of the matter is Dre has his own ministry, right? And Dre has been birthing up this ministry for the last 10 years. Okay. So Dre and his violins and violins going to be playing for him because that is going to be the sound that he hears as he begins to birth forth this ministry that only he has. Okay. So, you know, Dre over here. Okay. Dre over here. Okay. Mute yourself again because you was already faded to black. So go back to where you was faded to, okay? Or just mute yourself. Back to the dark places, you devil. <laughs> <laughs> back to the pits from whence you came. Hey, I'm going to take to make you <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll try to go fade back to Blake. But anyway, <laughs> Dre has a very powerful ministry because Dre's ministry is very, is very much so built on community and it's built on love and it is truly built on his heart. And part of the issue that Dre has had as far as ministry is concerned and the reason why he's only being birthed out right now is because of his heart has not been heard in the land. So we are at a time and a point now where his heart truly can be heard in the land because of the season that we are in. So Dre will deflect as much as he wants to deflect, okay? But Dre knows that he is called for this time and for this season. So therefore, he has truly been birthed out for this time. I met Dre many years ago as no, an don't activist. Say it like that, Shut up. Like I'm as oh my God. <laughs> I have met Dre many I have met Dre many years ago as an activist, okay? So the fact of the matter that he is truly working right now within ministry and being an activist at the same time, which means that he will have the voice of the people in his ear and the heart of the people in his heart in order to enact the things and the change in which we want. All of that shows for itself. So y'all don't get fooled by the little theatrics of Dre. Dre <laughs> is actually being cultivated right now for where he is actually going. Okay. So she called you a performer. Because that's what because that, that's what he do. Dre know what exactly what he does because it's very easy for me to perform as opposed to now that I'm being called out. Dre just being called out, and I don't care what Dre got to say. Anyway, it is what it is. Thank you, Latoya. Kia definitely needs to attend Dre's church. Cause that shut up was definitely aggressive worship. Yo, what? <laughs> that Yo. was aggressive worship. Yo, was it not, man? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, I think you found your assistant pastor, Dre. Right? <laughs> shut up. Well, yo, man, I need a keyboard player. We all talk about that after. <laughs> oh, Y'all are crazy. It's what we do, Bishop. But you know what? Absolutely. You're about to be all, listen, let me say this, Bishop. You're about to be um, one of the realest bishops that we have in this season, in this time. It's necessary. And you're honest and you're honorable and you're respectable and you're truthful. So therefore, he's a not lot of people. Because he's a, he's a delusional Knicks fan. I'm about to demute. I'm Dre. sorry. We've won nine out of ten. We've won a uh, ten out of eleven. So, mute, I mean, we we don't care about the Suns. We over here um doing what we do in the land of holiness. See, that's why he done faded to black. Oh yeah, fade to black. That, that, that was another win tonight by you twenty. Know what I'm so hello. He over here talking about one thing. The Suns. Go, go find out what's taking LeBron so long to come back. His team is falling Ray. apart. Shh. <laughs> ten out of eleven. Over here. All right. Always right. Anyway, going back, because you are a community leader and because people can truly trust your voice and they can follow you where you go. That is one of the things that I think that a lot of us have been lacking as far as ministry is concerned, the ability to follow and be able to trust. So therefore, you are 
given as a trusted voice in the community and you've had that voice for a very long time and now that voice is beginning to be recognized. It's sad that it took for you to become a bishop for your voice to truly be recognized, but it at the same time is very honorable because you are now a bishop and you can now be recognized as a trusted voice for the entire community. I think that that is very important for all of us as Black people that we begin to recognize whom we can actually trust because we have not been able to trust many. It has nothing to do with the Black church, the white church, any type of church. As a whole, we have not been able to trust, but God has given you the ability um, to speak truth and speak truth with clarity and to speak truth with conviction and also be one whom is willing to admit where you in and out of your personal life experiences have grown from the experience of God in truth. I think that that, that is one of the things that, that, that your ministry is really and truly built on, built on. Your ministry is built on truth. And I think that part of the struggle within the ministry is the fact that um, a lot of people have not been able to handle your truth. But there's a new season and we are in a new time and we are in a place where everyone is going to be searching for the integral, the truthful. And now here we are because truth be told, right? People are tired of scandals. People are tired of frauds. People are tired. People are literally tired. And now here you are, uh, the voice of truth and the voice of reason and the voice of hope. People are truly looking for hope in a weary land, right? Because technically we're still in the midst of a pandemic and we truly need a truthful voice. We are in the midst of prison reform, police reform, um, criminal justice reform, um, really and truly systemic reform. And we need a voice. And you have it. So we thank you and we salute you. And now is the time for you to shine forth like never before. And I think part of your shining really and truly will be that, that, that good um, ministry of marriage. You know what I'm saying? It's always not, it's, it's not necessarily the first, it's not necessarily the third, but it's the final. Right. So a lot of the times when we reach uh, the, the, the point of our, our our finality, when we have come to the culmination of ourself and then we come to the realization of ourself, we're able to see things a lot differently. And I think that now you're in a place and in a position that you're seeing things so differently that everything that you touch shall succeed because you see things differently now. This is your now season. This is your more season. This is like literally your in time season. So we think I, I, I don't even know you, but I really thank you. I thank you and Charmaine for your willingness and your humbleness um, to be different, to be bold and uh, to be in truth. I think that's important. So uh, where, where you're at in, um, in Virginia, I think people need to seek y'all out. Um, we're um, in Midlothian, about 20 minutes outside of Richmond. So I really think that it is time that people begin to seek y'all out because they've been in form and fashion and now it's time for them to hit truth. So Midlothian, y'all got to do it. The bishop is here. <laughs> now, now that you give out all these prophecies and wonderful words. Here we go. Here we I know go. he about to do it because you know what? Don't leave me out. I wasn't going to leave you out. 
listen, let, he's so stupid. Let me say this about you, Jamel. One of the things that I honestly love and respect about you is your ability to live in truth and also be honest about your word, right? And I think that, I'm not even gonna say I think, um, from the time in which you have re-embarked, you're in a re-embark, you're, you're like literally like, you're re-embarking on your actual call. You've been a pastor. You've already done it. But now you're re-embarking and it's like as if you're in a season of re-emerging. And as you begin to re-emerge, people begin to trust your voice, right? Because at the time, previous times, right? Uh, sometimes what happens to us is, is that um, when we fall into certain situations, people begin not to trust our voice and they begin not to trust our word as the word of God. And now you are literally in a season and in a place where you are being refined, you are being restored and people are going to begin, even now they're beginning to trust your word and they're beginning to trust your teaching. You're a true teacher. And that goes beyond just teaching people how to sing. That goes beyond teaching people just the scriptures. And that goes beyond teaching people just the um, the chords and you know the keys and all of the extra stuff. You are a true teacher. You teach people. You you even teach people how to prophesy. You even teach people how to pray. You teach people even the intricate details as far as ministry is concerned. And I just feel that God is re-emerging you as the teacher in the realm of you being the pastor and you being the leader and you being the one that is the keeper over um, their souls, right? And I think, honestly, I think that you possibly need to even look beyond just that because you have more of an apostolic anointing and you have honestly um, hid it and you have, uh, you have denied it. And you can't deny it anymore who you are. And you ran from it just based on life experiences. You ran from it based on your own hangups. You ran from it based on your own um, emotions. And now God is like, nah, you can't, you can't run from this no more. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I have an apostolic call on your life in order for you to raise up others. And now is the time for you to act on the raising up of others. You have to raise them up because at the end of the day, um, a lot of people's lives are at stake in the raising up. You know, a lot of teaching that has been based on ideology um, needs to be shot down and needs to be retaught. And God is truly raising up a, a season, even right now, of teachers um, we have a whole, it's not even just a season, it's a class of teachers that God is actually raising up right now. And because he's raising up the teachers, he's going to need pastors to receive them. And the teachers are not coming from your traditional realm of teaching. Um, you know what I'm saying? Where they've just gone and sat through Bible schools and they've just gone and sat through, you know, um, uh, theology schools and all that extra stuff. No, these are teachers that God has literally instructed for himself. And it's going to take someone that has been instructed by God to receive them. And that's you. And you got to be able to receive them um, in the realm in which you are in. And then you also have to be able to receive the students um, in order to provide to the teachers. So I just believe uh, by the spirit of God that this is your time to come out. 
you've been hiding for way too long. And you got to come out. It's time to revisit uh, what you have considered broken. Because at the end of the day, um, if it's broken, it needs to be fixed. Someone has to be the fixer. And you can't just, this is broken. No, now let me apply the fix. And sometimes part of applying the fix is becoming the teacher to do what the teacher does, which is instruct and then go out and send out. So you got to do it. Receive that. And with that, we are done. I ain't doing this no more with y'all. <laughs> well, tonight was a very eventful night. Thank you again for allowing us onto your platform and um, letting us talk. It was a good talk. Listen here, this is what we do. We talk. You know what I'm saying? We talk, we relate. We're all the people. And let me say this. If y'all want to be part of our part two, let us know. Um, reach out to Bishop. Reach out to Jamel. Reach out to Dre. Reach out to myself. If y'all would, you know, especially... Um, Good old Q, Elder. I think Elder has a lot to say. And I think that it's good for us to invite other people into the conversation. So y'all come on. You know what I'm saying? Charmaine, you know you my girl. Come on. Um, and anybody else. We can host up to up to 10 people, including myself. So we can host up to nine additional people. And I think that um, all of us have a level of respect for each other and each other's opinions. And, and I think that um, because of that, this works. So at the end of the day, anyone that I invite up to this platform is because we, we have that level of respect for each other, that level of honor, that level of love and appreciation, all of that. So it truly would be an honor for me to have anyone to come up on this platform and truly bestow upon all of us, everyone that is up here, the same level of respect while still giving your opinion. So y'all are more than welcome. I am not, like I said before, y'all hear me and Dre go at it privately. We gonna go at it on screen, off screen, whatever screen. Me and Jamel go at it on screen, off screen, whatever screen, because at the end of the day, we are, we are all passionate. You know, we respect the bishop, so I might not go at the good bishop. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be. I respect uh -oh. Shut up, Jamel. Anybody scared of you, Lewis? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might not go at the bishop. You know what I'm saying? I might be like, well, you know, what you might want to do. That's okay, because Dre and Jamel will go at me, and I'll go right back at them. Because they men. So, you know what I'm saying? As a woman, you let men do men things. See, you know, I'm a teacher. You let men do men things. As a woman, I'm not squaring up with no man. Like, I'm not doing all that. Uh, Unless you bring it to me, because if you do understand, I have no problem holding my own. Trust and believe she has done it very well anyway, but we ain't talk about that. So what I'm saying is, is that you are more than welcome to come up here. Lady Latoya, you are more than welcome to come up here. Alta, you already got it. Um, all you got to do is once we put out the flyer for part two of this entire conversation, Y'all just be like, come on, invite, and we're going to invite, and we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good conversation. That's how we roll. 
Dre, what is what is going on here? Because do I need to text him so he could? He's in darkness. I don't know. You know, he's. Be, he's I need he's him going to through in. something. Apparently, he's going through something. Me, I don't know. You banished him. You banished him. Uh, you banished him from other places. Look, I feel like I'm in Poltergeist. Like, carry in, walk into the light. Yeah, into out of darkness. <laughs> right, out of darkness. <laughs> Sweet Jesus, you know, <laughs> it'd be like you got everybody else up here with their name, and you got that one black box. Yeah, they lucky that um, it, it, it's know. all right. We're gonna end the show without Dre, then fine, it's fine. Oh, he said his pastor called me. Oh, okay, oh, uh, okay, and we bless the Lord. Listen, y'all, we thank y'all for tuning in. Um, we thank y'all for your commentary. We thank y'all for literally just for joining a conversation with us. I do not count it robbery for any level of um, comment that is being made. I absolutely love y'all for all of y'all shares because I've been monitoring on my phone for the people that actually did share. I appreciate all of that because this is what we about. We about bringing real conversations and don't none of us leave conversations offended at all point blank period. We laugh, we joke, we argue, we cry, we kick, scream, and even cuss because they said I cussed the people's out. You cussed the folks out today. My bad. Sorry, y'all. It's all right, though. Listen, no judgment here. I just don't be wanting y'all to apply the good scriptures wrong. And Dre was trying. I knew what Dre was trying to do. He baited me and I took the bait, but that's okay. Okay, because the bait tastes good. And I had to talk about my good new book, The Secret Wives. It's out. Y'all find it. It is there. It, it happens. Sometimes even in the church, we got secret wives. I'm just saying. So, love y'all. Bishop, you got anything? I'm good. Bishop said he good. I'm good. We all are good. So with that, we are truly going to say good night, y'all. Good night, everyone. Peace out.